0: All right, so I've lost count now of the parts we've done with John Wedger. <laughs> He's back again, always a viewer favourite, and always stokes some controversy <laughs> as well. I think many of his views come from people who just watch it to think, you know, and say bizarre things, because we do get a lot of bizarre comments on yeah. these videos. Um, we are going to be using some euphemisms throughout this video to not trigger certain things, and The theme, though, of this video and the the main story is the health problems that Darren Jeffrey is going through. If you've not seen our first podcast with Darren, it's about how social services let him down, and that is understatement. It is probably one of the most horrific stories we've ever had on the channel. The viewer reaction, everyone was completely up in arms against the perpetrators of what happened. And everywhere Darren went, He thought he was going from one place to a place of safety and it just got worse and worse and worse and he was only a kid. It's an absolute tragedy. So Darren, as a consequence of the things he's been through in his life, has some serious medical problems presently that you have an opportunity to perhaps help him with. We'll have all the links in the description box below the video and John is going to give us an update on his activism and you know he's always out there doing so many things. There's always so much more news with John, and he's such a fantastic speaker as well as is Darren. So all the links, like I said, will be in the description box. I'll put the link to the podcast we do with Darren as well. And then if you want some organic cotton, <laughs> Jen's links will be down there. <laughs> <you say that. laughs> it's, it's a lovely, lovely blue top you're wearing as well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's
1: yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Yeah, Matches not, the sofa. It does. Yeah, That's yeah. why I did it. You know, yeah, <laughs> good job yeah. not sitting there blending in. Yeah, definitely. <laughs>
0: So you contacted me and yep. you said, you know, Darren needed some urgent help. Mm. There's, there's, a, there's a health crisis. You, um, sh- can we elaborate for the viewers on, on that? I know it's a very private matter, but... Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah.
1: Well, what's, what's happened, Sean, is that we, we've all knew enough to stay together. There has been, as you, as you know with this world, ups and downs, because you're dealing with people with a lot of profound problems and there's a lot of pain there, but on the whole, those that started together, we we, we still are together, um, but we're working independently, so we're all individuals that come together, and then we drop out, and then we come back again, so we might disagree, but we don't fall out on the whole, so um, I I periodically link in with Darren, uh, and find out what's going on, and um, Darren will explain his health problems, you know, better than I ever can, but you know darren started going going downhill and um uh, there was a, a way forward and that was maybe to look at um the situation might be different and it, we'll discuss it in a sec that we could get this remedied privately through the private healthcare because the nhs you know isn't match fit at the moment so so well let's do do a fundraiser so um what i decided to do was um i thought well why don't we cycle get together so there was, there's there's anthony as well anthony roberts who um again very similar life to darren kids home crime arm robbery whatnot and then going forward to, to help you know so i said well let's get together and let's go so i thought we'd go from beach home kids home uh which is down in banstead in surrey cycle from there to glasgow right but and because there's a care home in just north of Glasgow called Quarriers, horrific abuse. And again, I mentioned this in, in the last, um, interview I did, I think, well, two before that, when I went on about the history of the care homes, how these are just a massive money making trading children, you know? Mm. And, uh, and they've got a survivor group out there. And again, what you see is the consistencies between the survivors. It all seems to be the same algorithm of abuse and the way they silence the kids. And the way they get away with it for decades and decades, and then rely on the justice system to suppress people by classing them as, as you know, delusional, mentally ill, or just dishonest, which is seems to how they've got away with it for and so criminalize long. Criminalize them, yeah, criminalize, so they won't yeah. be t- trusted in court. So one one of the survivors, Alan Merritt, and I did again, a Alan's podcast. Alan's yeah. So I, I rang Alan up and I said, Alan, when was you born? He went, Well, born in the fifties, nineteen fifties. So I went online and I bought a bike that was made in the 1950s. <laughs> oh. I just showed down a picture yeah. of it. I mean, it's, it, it's uh, some of them were going for big money, but this one, was, it was only 50 quid. And I went and saw this old boy and he said it was my dad's. And he had it, he rode it till he was 80 and then he mothballed it. So it's, it's only one owner. It's, it's an old rally bike and it's like the old butcher's bike type thing. So I thought, well, I could redo that, strip that down. And again, there's an analogy between stripping something that is basically dysfunctional and of no use and making it work and making it do a job. And it, it really goes back to when that young lad, um I did up a bike for him that he found in, in a pond and I did it up and got him to ride the bike. That Even though someone's thrown it away, we can still make use of it. That sort of thing, you know. And I thought, what we could do is a road trip. We could meander our way through the UK and stop at various places. So I was thinking about going into the Midlands where the Blair brothers, the, the two boys that were in the care home in, in Ireland, we'll interview them and then we could go here and then maybe we could do something outside HMP Berwin where Wilfred is is now residing. And then, you know, sort of um traverse our way through the UK, you know, over a couple of weeks and on the way raise money so we can pull it forward and, you know, Help Darren, and also Anthony um, is active in in a anti knife campaign. Um, So, so that's what we're doing. But um, and well, then well,
0: Anthony's filming things now as well, isn't he? Yeah, so he could uh, film the whole
2: journey, couldn't he?
1: Yeah, which which is exactly what. And then so Darren's going to come along. We
2: hopefully we've got the transport. Yeah, I've got it Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Transit van. <laughs> it's gonna look like you know, it's going it's good.
1: Well, well, the other thing with it, Darren
2: is is that
1: part of the healing process. Is, is fitness as well. Fitness is so good. Sunlight and exercise, do you know what I mean?
2: Yeah, it, it is, but which is, you know, something at the moment, you know, I'm struggling with because yep. of w- what I'm going through. Darren, do you want to yeah. explain to the viewers what you are going through? I know it's yeah, very private, yeah. but if, um, you know. Yeah, no, no, no. I've got my paperwork here, which I'll, I'll just cover my address, but I'll show John and Sean afterwards. So I'm going through, Um, I've just been diagnosed with um three... Leaking heart valves. Um, the main artery's got a mild leak from the heart going in. I've got two erneas, um, five ulcers, and one's in the food gullet. So when I eat, I can't really eat all the time because it traps it. Um, I've got a blood problem. The red my blood cells and the white blood cells, they're not adding up. And I've got a problem with the plasma. And I've got um a problem, which I've had since the approved school, courtesy of, you know, M- Mr. Sydney Cook from one, um, you know, I, I basically on the bottom of your, you call it your tailbone on your spine. And I got a chip out of it. And because the winter and stuff, I suffer really bad. I can hardly walk. I have to keep wearing, um, heat pads, um, you know, on medication through it. So come sort of like, November to like round about now really kind of become a bit of a recluse because I feel bad and I have to drag my leg because my leg goes dead as well from it. But yeah, I've just been diagnosed with all the heart stuff. So, and before Christmas, I um, was putting, I've got the paperwork here, as an hospital with internal bleeding from it. And that was just the distress of people that are kind of like being horrible sort of thing, you know, one or two, so you say ex-survivors kind of putting the horrible things into myself and you know we had to move a couple of times because we come across a couple of road landlords and you know i it, it just i just got whatever thing as well i got depressed really really depressed because i was getting a bit of trouble from the police because you know with sean he helped me with my voice he helped me come through and i did one video with sean and it was phenomenal you know it really helped me um then we did a second one and I had nothing but hassle from the police, like really coming in, saying that they were going to, you know, come for me and stuff. And I was worried because we just got a dog as well. And I was, we was living in Great Yarmouth and I was worried for the dog because got threats as well and you know it it all led to like me being like heavily depressed yet again you know and of course I suffer with you know it's no big secret I suffer with depression because of what I've been through and my anxiety can be quite high as well at times because you know with the illness dealing with my backlog of my abuse people that got away with it you know certain people that's you know you can't help but see most days wherever you look you know, it's, it is what it is on that one. I'm afraid for the time being, but yeah, that's where I'm at in a moment. And I'm waiting now to have, um, what is called a my view. And in the folder, I've got eight cancellations where it keeps getting cancelled. So the my view is to scan the heart to really see how bad it is and how long. Basically, I've been told that if it's untouched, I can, I, I can go for about five years and obviously curtains then, you know. Um, we've gone with this guy, <laughs> Frank Zappa. Um so it'd be you know, and but I keep getting cancellation after cancellation. They bring me up and say you got a My View for next week. Then a day before they say, Oh COVID, it's closed it down, so you can't come. Can you wait another month? Then I don't hear nothing for two, three months. But you know, I'm kind of like at a position at the moment where i Want to get better. I want to try and live a life. I'm 52. So oh, I've never been happy. I've never, I don't know, you know, I've only, I met my partner a couple of years ago and I didn't know what happiness was. You know, I just lived a life where I was just basically, to me, trying to kill myself it was the normal at one time because I was living in bad places, surrounded by bad people. And I was just full of bad memories, you know, a lot of hatred. And you do, cause w- w- when you've been in that position, Do you know what the most important thing is with it all? You hate yourself so bad. And as I told you before, Sean, you know, I really hated me. You know, so... And getting ill for a little bit, I kind of thought, yeah, you know, it's what you get for being raped.
0: Darren, um, since we last spoke, I've been pulling to the police station and the cops have put restrictions on me now about reporting on abuse cases. And Mm -hmm. one of them is... That because of the nature of what you're saying now, yeah. I have to ask you a question, yeah, a, a legal question, which is yeah. do you waive your anonymity for this interview? What's that mean, really? That means you're talking about your own abuse. Do you consent to do that on, in this interview? Yeah. Mm. Okay. If you're okay. Yeah. 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 yeah it's publicly
1: yeah. putting your
2: name out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah no problems. Yeah. That's okay. fine. Yeah. Because I've got
0: nothing to hide. So. Yeah. 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 That's um, fine. And, and, and before we sat down, you said that one of the health problems you noticed when you went to the toilet, yeah, it was yeah.
2: basically um I had internal bleeding for about four or five days, and i didn 't know because obviously i 've lost a lot of weight, and your skin my skin went all yellow, like jaundice, jaundice and it was going white, and obviously not being rude to the viewers, you know I was going to the toilet and my stools were like tar and they were really like pongy and you know, and every time I went, I always felt bad. When you get off, you kind of, in a way, you kind of fall off the toilet because you were getting weak. Oh, and, um yeah, I didn't really tell Kelly because I was confused. I didn't know what was going on. And um it was, that was the Wednesday, Thursday and the Friday. And Kel was at work and I was with the dog. And I just, you know, these days I was basically crawling around the house because I never had the strength. And... I went on the sofa on the Saturday, and I didn't come around until the Sunday. because it's just completely shattered from everything. And we got the doctor on the Monday who confirmed straight away that I had internal bleeding and I had to go into hospital by me. Um, I had emergency surgery. So I had a couple of rips inside, which led it to bleed, and that was through stress. Wow. It was, yeah, stress caused me two tears. So I went in. I had um, four pints of blood so that's what I'd lost, Um more plasma, because I'd lost plasma, so they had to put it into the bone, and obviously two clips in the chest, and they're only temporary, they're due to come out any time now, so we have got to go back in pretty soon to have um the clips out, but when I went in, he says to me, I looked at your folder, sick this was in November, six weeks ago, you just had two hernias. He said, in six weeks on, we've just found five ulcers. What is going on? How come you got five? And then I explained, I said, look, I've been under a lot of pressure of lately, you know, uh, and he asked, what do you know to cause five ulcers? What gives you, you know, what has gone wrong sort of thing? And I just said, you know, a couple of people have come at me through, you know, just being horrible, just trying to put me down. Um, I won't beat around a bush. Yeah. I had one person that was trying to, you know, pushed me into suicide you know they were really being horrible they were saying horrible things about my partner and um yeah they were just putting stuff on internet about us it weren't true you know trolling sorry trolling yeah welcome to the club though yeah (laughs) but i think the hardest bit was when i got they put it up but the police rang me and i got they put it up that was a you know a
0: Oh, everyone's getting that. Oh, everyone's I know, getting but there. I think I was yeah.
2: upset because they like they were concerned for my welfare because they said like you know you're okay and I was like oh here we go again you know more grief.
3: It's it's horrendous. It's
0: horrendous.
2: They you seem to always turn to that, don't they? Though that's because that's the lowest reason. thing you call someone yeah. is that. Yeah, yeah. I so
0: mean that's what they all got turned to. Yeah,
2: yeah they, someone you know basically on the you know they basically it was a person that contacted me out of the blue or I never knew from, you know, a place in Great Yarmouth and basically he was like, you know, I saw your video, I feel really, really sorry for you but have a guess what, X, Y, Z, you know, and I was like, I didn't contact this person because I had no reason to and all of a sudden they just <laughs> wouldn't let go. They yeah. just literally kept on to push and push and push but I wouldn't respond because I'm not that sort of person. I don't want conflict, don't believe in conflict, I just believe in a quiet life, mm-hmm. you know. I've made mistakes. Everybody's made mistakes, but I, I want to live whatever time I got in peace, and harmony, you know, and try and help and do good if I can. And it just it did it drove me down, you know. I lived, met Cal, moved to Great Yarmouth, and it wasn't great. <laughs>
0: there was no great, I'm do
2: you, afraid.
0: Do you have anything in place, Darren, so that you don't have to deal with these messages? Yeah, to protect yourself no, from this you
4: haze.
2: Uh, yeah, but the thing is, I, I'm not really great at reading and writing. So I don't really understand a lot of things. Like when you said about the immunity thing, I, I don't, you know, cause being in an approved school, you like, we didn't learn nothing, you know, and I, I can't really, it's no big secret. And I don't care what anybody thinks. I'm 52 and yeah, you know, I struggle to read him right, you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, nothing to be embarrassed about. Nope. No, I can't really read and write and add up. And you know, I get confused with left and right. I can't use, um, what you call them? Sat nav.
1: Well, well, it, well, it's been statistically, um, cited anyway, that 80% of the, of the, um, people in prison in the under 25 category of the lower category, category C prison are what they're classed as level one illiterate. Yeah. 80%. I mean, it's incredible.
2: And that's what it is, you know, and that's how I block it. Cause I'm really, I don't understand what they're saying. So they could put like, I had somebody got me yet a year week, uh, a survivor of a I went ill and stuff. I made, like, some of the words, like, yes and the uh, and and, you know, but the big long ones, like, that sort of thing, kind of thought, like, well... can't understand it, too. It do not mean yeah. odds to me, you know, and he's just, you, like, you do your block, you know, and kind of, like, got my neighbour to help me, and I said, you block, and he's like, right, do this. And that's how I coped with it, really, because, you know, try not to let too much phase me if I can, you know, Sean um Like I said last time when I met you, you know, it was a really nice time and you've really helped me. And, you know, I, I admired you and respect you for that. And I've always done ever since. I've always put yourself and John in mm-hmm. like high category, you. you know. Oh, I was waiting for you, you to send
0: good. me a picture of you raving at Tomorrowland because yeah, <laughs> <yeah>, at
4: <that's
2: laughs> the end of the podcast, that was his dream was to go oh, to we, Tomorrowland. Have you cance- been? No, it oh, got cancelled. You know that's that's what helped me in my life is music. It's a thing, John, called what? electronic dance music. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Have you
4: got any festivals booked this
2: year? Sorry, any festivals booked this year? Yes, yeah, called Hospital. <laughs> oh, oh. No, I, I, haven't, oh, got, I haven't got. I haven't got energy. I've we booked uh, to go December had just gone to go to Printworks to Printworks, see yeah. my mate. So mm. I need to go Printworks. Is that the, the one in Bristol? Bristol? No, London. London. We were going to go and see Jodie Wisnoff, mm. James Grant. Um, who else was there? Yotto, um, Dosum, mm. and, you know, but we had the tickets. Oh, I'm a friend. He's on my Facebook, Richie Blacker. You've got to listen to him. He's, oh, send me the link. he's having yeah. it. Yeah. But then it's just come up again now for a two day one this year in London and drum sheds, but Latrell's playing and I'm a big Latrell fan, mm. but it's good because you know, it helps me escape from all the pain in my head. You know, but I get like depressed. I'll put the headphones on and i just think of nice things, you know. Um, And it does, it helps you escape. And music's my escape. And I love, like, say with Sean, we had the tickets booked, myself and Cal, when we were going to go and it got cancelled. Then they was going to put it on again and uh, got cancelled again. So we got our money back. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I'm going to look at next year because this year I'm going to write a lot of it off because of illness. You know, you're not going to, get to do a lot of things and i, I struggle now with walking and stuff because so i've got a dog and he's nuts cocked spaniel and i'm um, i struggle walking with him i have to have sprays and aspirin and stuff you know and i have to keep stopping and there's days i walk like i'm 90 oh. you know yeah, and i've got i've got a walking stick as well so is this going to be reversible with this treatment some of yeah, these if I can get what, what treatment is required so with the um i've got of open art surgery and I'm, I'm not even nowhere near the, my views yet. So the, by the time that I get a my view, you're going to be talking about June, then I'll get a referral, but I'm already two years into it already. So for me, the clock's ticking now It's going down. And, you know, I can, I can feel it in me, you know, cause I'm, I don't, you know, I don't really eat. I can't really eat at all. I can't really eat much. Um, like my belly's up and swelling. So I got blood in my belly. So, it's, Oof. my belly, belly's swollen.
0: So have you just got, got no appetite or when you
2: eat, no, I, does, it, does I, it have a bad reaction on I could literally on you? Mm. live on um Well, I could live on a yoghurt a week. I a yoghurt a week? Yeah, I don't think of food. I don't think of food oh at God. all. So, you
3: don't get hungry with fancy no, takeaway? No,
2: and I could... With the pain, I could sleep about two hours and that's it. And I'm awake oh and I just God. sit in the chair. I have a hot water bottle... Um, I'm on Tramadol and sleeping stuff. And he just, I was going
3: to ask what kind of drugs you're on.
2: Yeah, Tramadol, um, uh, and Meprazole, um, which is for your ulcers to kind of take them down a bit. Um, I'm on blood thinners, which is the aspirin and Meprazole, which is a heart tablet. And I got the spray you spray under your tongue as well. And I take fur depression i take 45 mil every night of not gabapentin because that's for your chest metazapine wow yeah i have to take 45 mil and believe it or not it's meant to knock you out but because the pain i'll override it so whereabouts do you feel the pain like now as i'm talking to you guys so i've got it there there and my back passage is really raw
3: have you tried magic mushrooms? Yeah. Yeah. And acid. Because I watched the program <laughs> Fantastic Fungi on Netflix yeah. and the wonders of it for stuff like that.
2: Yeah. But the thing is, is like, do you know, you say about like magic mushrooms and hallucinogenics. Mm. So do you know that um for abuse victims, that's their go-to drug due to the fact tests, it yeah. takes you out of where you are. Yeah, okay. Yeah. It literally, you know, it takes you out of the place you're in. So, like back in like late eighties, if you was to drop like a load of acid in a night, you know, one you'd have the best place like to go to, but it would take you out of the body you was in. I could like now and again look out and see my my old body. Wow! And I could walk pain free, you know, but that was with a lot of acid. <laughs> <Which is what> <laughs> that, that,
1: <laughs> they used to give um the survivors of the ritual abuse that they would be given LSD. Mm. Because they needed them awake, they needed them lucid, but when they recalled memories, they had stupid things like rabbits jumping about and all that. So they, (laughs) they, that, yeah, I spoke to some woman and she said, all I remember these giant rabbits and all sorts because she, uh, you know, she was away with it, but she needed to be awake. Whereas when they used them for the pornography, they were better sedated.
2: Um, Do you know what? The crazy thing was back then when I used to do it, as you said it, there'd be like five of us lads and every one of us had been abused. Um, and we all got together and we didn't know it at the time until we all started talking. We come from different approved schools, you know, around the Southwest. And that was their escape. I got introduced to it. Someone said like, you know, it just, you're not going to die, but it's going to get you out of a horrible place for a for a night. You know, you won't feel anything. You won't know anything. And then, you know, before it happened, you start dropping and stuff. Well, I knew that I wasn't alone then because for a long time I felt like I was alone. It's a bonding experience, apparently. Well, it is, and it ain't, because you know I, I've lost um, in the last couple of years. I've lost about six friends again on top, yeah, you through know, suicide. Suicide. All yeah, of them. yeah, yeah. I've lost so many friends recently. I lost. What were their stories? Yeah. Um, I lost three. I lost one of my best friends, uh, Nick. Um, Nick. Uh, Hells from Bristol, me and him were really really close at one time and he was in freeways with me and obviously he went to Kingswood after me then I went back to freeways And but with Nick, it was the fact that he was my age so we were like 40 when we got back together again as friends, but he had a Zimmer frame and his right leg had completely gone, so he used to walk and drag his leg so he'd get upset you know and um obviously he could relate to me and I could relate to him with his illness of how it made him feel, you know, being abused, what it done to him, the place where it put him, it really, really got him down. You couldn't really talk to anybody about it, could you? Because no one understands you, psychology, ways, you know, what's really gone on in your head. And with Nick, I could relate, I could try and talk him out of stuff. And he'd done it with me. Then I had a mate, John, who went last year. He was another one that went through it. And I had a friend called Vlad, King and he went through it and I had uh, a mate called Nicky Newman he taught himself yeah and uh, you know quite a lot of others that you just read about and people you know ring you up and say do you know about so and so and I was like no you know I, I couldn't like believe it. it you know and it was hard because with, with Nick I, I see him the day before and he kept telling me what I thought he was joking he'd say like you know Not long now, mate. Not long now. I'm going to get out of this body soon. I ain't going to feel pain. And I'd be like, come on, bro. You know, we've really got to beat this. You know, because I... You know... (laughs) Do do you know what you're saying
1: that, Darren? I can always remember being in in Crown Court in London and the judge there, I remembered him from the family court because he he was on the family court case when I was going for the application for my boys. And at the end of the trial, this guy got 15 years... For abusing this little girl, and she was brilliant, she was a strong kid, you know. And the defence turned around, and they said, uh, "Well, we can't be too hard on him because she's she's moved on. She's 17 now. She's obviously got a job, so the damage is done, and everything's okay." And this judge went mad, and he said to me, "The officer knows me," and I was like, "Well, I do." Because from the family court and he said he knows that that this sort of abuse goes on for life it doesn't go on and this outlines exactly what you're saying you know the pain goes on and on because when you when you want justice and you want healing they have to coexist so in order to heal you need justice and we are seeing justice denied all the time all the time and especially what we've just seen with you know with the deaths death of epstein and then the allegations made against prince andrew i mean how must that make victims feel you know Mm. with
0: with, with your situation then darren yeah how do you stop yourself from killing yourself
4: yeah
2: at the moment um i've got my partner kelly nearly two years now who told me that you know to believe in myself you know that i'm a good person That the, the, the shame and the blame is not mine to hold you can help people come through. You know, you can go on camera and, you know, help her family stay together. Because it's not just a, a male thing. It's a male and female because there was male and female approved schools at the time, you know, and some were mixed. So, you know, like she said, you know, you go out and give your voice. Let people know that you're there. Let people know that the, that the shame isn't theirs. They can hold their head up and say, hey, you know what? It happened to me. You know, I'm not going to continue to do what i had done to myself. And, it, you know, the crazy thing was, though, before I met um, Kelly and two weeks before I went with John, I actually tried hanging myself. What brought you to that moment? <sighs> Just couldn't hack it. It was second of May yeah, of, twi- uh, what are we on name, 22, 20, 2020. Because that's when I met you. Yeah, and it 20, was two yeah, weeks before. South London, yeah. Yeah. Was that anything to do with the lockdown? Um, yeah, and I I was trying to get help from mental health, someone to talk to, and I just wanted someone to really talk to, I wanted someone to sit down and let me get everything out, names, everything, and not stop me, because, you know, you got certain names and they go like, oh, you can't say that, you know, whoa, and I just wanted someone to sit in front of me, and I didn't care if they believed me, because I went through it, so that was enough, you know, I just wanted them to listen, for me to get off my chest try and clear my head you know and I was never getting it and of course I was going to the doctors but you were ringing them up and you couldn't get an appointment could you then everything was like shut doors you know what I mean you're trying to talk to a doctor over the phone of how you're feeling it's it's not working you know you can't talk down the phone can you and you know and I got really just got really frustrated I was in a bad place I was living in a part of Bristol at the time and it wasn't it it wasn't a good time for me it really 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 wasn't and I just had enough You know 2nd of May and I just thought you know what there's got to be there's nothing more left you know I've had enough of the pain the torment the torture inside of me so I tried hanging myself you know and um and kind of sort got some went back to a doctor and this time she let me in the surgery and she said to me like about how I was feeling I was really really low and you know, she said, look, I've been following this chap, you know, guy called John Wedger. He's an ex-police officer, you know, and I was like, Oh, I thought, here we go. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. not,
4: not, not like that, John. Sorry. Got a load of them. No, got,
2: you know, I thought, Oh, another crank, you know, and it wouldn't. And, you know, I spoke to John, um, opened up to John and, you know, he let me share some of my stuff. You know, he let me get some of the stuff off here, which helped keep me alive, you know, and. It's when you go all through your life, and you because you, you, it's like you, you're wearing a steel coat. You can't get it off. You're very tense inside, and you're very irritable. And you know you've got so many triggers in your head that you know things you don't like, things you see with people, stuff people say. It kind of sounds like you know something from your past, and um, that was you know meeting my partner and meeting John, and of course meeting the great man himself. And you know it helped me then. It gave me a a voice and I do, and I believe that, you know, I've helped others because people have contacted me personally and said, thank you for what you did with Sean because, you know, my son was going through what you went through and we never knew and he's opened up to us tonight. You know, we're going to get him help. You know, I had loads, I had loads of personal emails that people were saying, thank you. Like, thank you so much. You really helped. You know, I know it was hard and it was hard and but thank you because you've saved our family you know uh, we're not going to lose our son because we know now why he was drinking or taking drugs because you know that's the thing as well that people um, that's what used to make me mad because I spent a fair bit of time homeless as well because I kind of felt safe when I was homeless because when you're dirty and scruffy no one wants to come by you and talk to you so you kind of felt like you weren't going to get touched and, you know, in amongst that s- society, that community of homelessness, there's so many that have been abused. Really? Why, they're Not, yeah, yeah. Joy, yeah. yeah, and, the you know, then you talk to them about drinking drugs, and it's because of what they've been through. And that was their coping mechanism. That's all they knew. Same in prison. Well, yeah, you know yourself, cause and most yeah. most on the heroin to block it out, and that's what they do, don't they? You know, and it's 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 sad when you see such great people go down that channel. It's a vicious cycle, you know. And yeah. I, and I've seen some really really good people that you know have later on in life that in their forties have opened up about what they've been through, and they've hit the brown pipe. And I'm thinking, really, mate, there's there's more to life than that, which I now know. You know, I I didn't two years ago.
1: And if you think about it, Darren, that you know all the medication that you went through and everything else, it didn't help to that degree. Yet coming out and and voicing your inner feelings on these podcasts uh, has been a new lifeline. And people, I I get it. I get messages. I, I I get trolled like we all do, really badly. But to be honest, I've learned to live with it. Now it's just one of them things. I Sorry. just ignore <laughs> it. Yeah, and, yeah. and they're, they're crackers anyway. Yeah. But the other on top of it, I was out the other day, central London. And, um, this black girl comes up to me and said, I know you, you're John Wedge. And I went, yeah, she said, can I have a hug? I went, yeah, of course. And she said, (laughs) it's because of you. I'm still alive. And I went, I was joking. She went, no, John, what you got? So this is the importance of these podcasts. And I know there's a lot of turmoil in there, but we can't lose focus of what they're for. Mm. They are to give a voice to the voices, something which the mainstream media is deliberately ignoring. Yet while the law allows it, we've still got this channel to use to, to positive effect. And
0: Definitely. these people out there, John, I mean, Darren has just come here and said, meeting you basically was one it of the things that life. saved his life. Yeah. yeah. And yet these horrible people out there are still going to watch this and send nasty things. In. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But,
1: it's, it's incredible, isn't it? And, incredible. And, and especially when, when I started then talking about the ritualistic side of it, and then I got attacked by this other genre of... And like we mentioned prior to this, they'll put out videos... And they'll say, John is stealing money. John Wedges, um, doing this. John is defaulting people. John is, you know, all this stuff like that. But they never deny the allegations I'm putting against them. This is what you lot do when, when you hold these rituals. You're doing this, this, and this. We don't need to go into it. But no one actually, one of these worshippers of that deity ever, ever comes on board and says, look, actually, you've got it wrong. We're ancient. We do this, we do that. They don't, they don't deny any of it. All they do is attack. And there's a saying in the Bible, they'll see the speck of sawdust in your eyes, yet ignore the log in theirs. And it's so relevant, you know?
0: I urge people, if you're not familiar with John's work, I urge people to go back to podcast one with John, which we just reposted with some edits. They told him, if you keep blowing the whistle, or in the beginning it was, if you keep helping these kids, he was assigned to help these kids. If you keep helping them and filing these cases, because where there was none, there was suddenly there was hundreds, because John was actually doing the work. If you keep doing this, you're going to lose your job, your family, your pension, everything. John lost everything. Yep, yeah. for the truth, for his activism, and these people who said that he's doing uh, GoFundMe things—it's—it's it's like anyone who does a GoFundMe. People out there are just jealous they sat there in the mum's houses with popcorn in their arse cracks and they're thinking, <laughs> why is he getting this money when I should be getting that money? I'm going to spoil that on him. They get yeah. on the computer then to uh, report it. they usually yeah. always rolling a
1: fag <laughs> online as well. You usually <laughs> always got a roll up yeah. <laughs> and another thing.
0: Do <laughs> <laughs> you think you're flitting around the world in luxury, yeah. John, on the back of these conferences? Go- <laughs> I've known John for years yeah. now. He puts every penny he has raised into his activism. He's not... Going round, no, I'm
1: not living in riches. Living in
0: luxury, <laughs> no. I, gu- I guarantee that. I've, I've known him for years. He's the most sincere, altruistic person, or the most sincere, altruistic podcast guys we've ever had. And a lot of the podcast guests come on and talk the talk. John is 24 yeah. seven on the front lines doing yeah.
1: stuff which we, we we could get to. I've had 10 people sleeping in my in my house, 10 oh, no. people on the floor wherever I can. What that, homeless? Or- yeah, well, there are people that are in trouble that needed help. You know, yeah. Uh, you know, one lad, I, I put him up for nine months, and he was in a, he was in like a, a home. He'd, he'd, he'd left the care system, and they put him in this place, and and he couldn't afford to heat it or anything. I said, no, you come live with me. And he went on to join the army, you know. And he he sends me messages, you know, you've been like a dad to me. Father's Day, he always sends me a message. So it, it is upsetting, but they know it's upsetting. They they know exactly. But if, if we if we go back right like, to the care system i've just um well last year I gave evidence um at the government inquiry, and I was one of two court participants it was quite high status and again, what happened was um the solicitors firm got attacked by trolls they kept ringing them up, ringing up the inquiry wow trying to stop me giving evidence um and the the and the government refused to give me live evidence. Um they tried to take my statement away. I gave I submitted the largest statement on that part of the inquiry, something like fifty pages. And um when the government gave it back, when we argued over a three day legal argument to get the statement back, they repaginated it. So page one was next to page eighteen was next to so it didn't make any, any sense in chronology. Mm. So they and then they Nothing only give them yeah. a little bit of time to put it luckily I had a brilliant legal team and we got it in and I put in five recommendations they've been implemented and when we look at what were those well it was all to do with the care system and and how we we're ignoring it um so one of them was victim blaming again we see this all the time it's a lifestyle choice oh come on you know how are these kids mate and what I say to adults is this right ignore it please ignore child abuse right because leave it to children they'll sort it out for themselves I mean but that is a government attitude. How are the kids going to remedy this? They can't remedy it. They need us as as adults and protectors to pull it right. But people, because it's not on the front door, they can't see it. So my argument was it needs a proactive approach. You cannot be reactive to this. Because if you don't look for it, you ain't going to find it. right? And if you don't want to talk about it like we're doing here, yeah. mm. then no one knows. And if you don't want to hear it, you, you sit down at any event Uh, social gathering, whatever. And you start talking like this, what we're doing. And we're only doing what tribal people used to do. We're expressing problems so healing occurs. They go, can we not talk about this? Can we not talk about this? You know, and what they talk about football, celebrity, come, whatever, skating on thingy and (laughs) love (laughs) island. Love island. And this, and they don't, they want to live in their little bubble. And all the time this is going on. So the figure, a figure come out that over a hundred thousand kids go missing every week in the UK. Now, that needs to put in a the context. They don't go missing and never reappear. Because by the end of the year, you won't have any kids in this country, you know. They do reappear, right? But they go missing for a short period of days, and then they come back because they are being used for crime, usually prostitution. Kids are used for sex, and that's it. And why are they used for sex? Because people want to have sex with them. So whether they came to, to worship a deity or do this or do that, under duress, it's nonsense. They choose to do it. It is a live choice they made. Kids don't have a choice. So um I I said on my evidence that when I went out there, I'd approach the kids' homes and say, how many kids got? Usually five. How many go missing, you know, on a weekend or whatever? And they all consistently said between two and three out of the five would go missing, right? Now, if we look at my findings on that small microcosm, so within 10 minutes, I'd, I'd found... um I think I'd found 10 kids. By the end of the three days, I found 50 kids. And bear in mind, I was told for that borough of London, which was Haringey, that an officer had been looking into child prostitution in that area and had not found one case in two years. I was there and in 10 minutes, I'd found 10. And this was part of my evidence. What is the process of finding these kids? Well, they they, they reappear.
3: Right? They just repair,
1: Yeah, but what they didn't do is they didn't debrief the children. There was They should have been taken in, debriefed, where you've been, Who you've been. When you talk to the staff and say, right, come on, what, what happened?" And they all said the same. There's a car parked up the road. There's two men in it, you know, um, and then they bib the hooter and then the girl runs out. Some of the staff were actually writing it in an occurrence book. Some had a little bit of vigilance about them. Crazy. But there was no need for them to do it. We have fifty five thousand children's homes in this country, in the UK, fifty five thousand. So if they're losing two to three, that ties in. That that's what I was saying would happen. So two to three out of the five would go. So between two fifths and three fifths of the kids would go in, in, into into this vile criminality. Well, that ties in with statistics because that is about one hundred to one hundred ten thousand, maybe more. Um And again. They now have to look at the ethnicity of the kids and the abusers because all we hear about is Muslim grooming gangs, Muslim grooming gangs, which are a reality, no two ways about it. And we've just seen um, that video that's gone out with Tommy Robinson's done about the um, uh, thing in Telford, which highlights that. And, you know, but however, when I was in London, I never really dealt. I did deal with some Muslims that were involved in it, but majority of them were kids from care homes that, and they all come from the yeah, care systems. Yeah, they go, aren't right, yeah, they? Yeah, yeah. You know? the, well, they all do. So, cause, so this, this statistic now mm-hmm. looks at there is a bigger reality. 80% of kids are abused, taken out, neutral crime within that family environment. 80% of it. Um, so it's putting everything in context. And my evidence was corroborated by survivors, kids that have gone on to give evidence and also the CPS and I think Bristol Council also, um, Uh, backed up what I'm saying you know so there was a police trying to subdue me and threaten me whereas on the other side of it you've got the reality of the independent inquiry which went for nine years to me. I said no he's right so this is why I'm happy to see the Commissioner of the Met Police now stand down under duress from from the Mayor of London I'm happy personally to see that because I think there has been a failing because when I was exposing it I was one that was the target of attack Instead of, I'm I'm the one who made the allegation, so I've never ever seen this in my career, where someone makes an allegation and they get attacked and, and the perpetrator doesn't, which is what happens with child abuse. It is the reverse, the inversion of normal protocol.
0: Here's a message from our sponsor. Do you really need all those streaming services now that you're back in the office? The pandemic almost required us to have 12 different streaming services. Yeah, Zoom, restream, YouTube, going live. It's it's endless.
3: Streamyard. Streamyard.
0: (laughs) (laughs) But now that you're back in the office and you've watched every show available, what is the point of spending hundreds a month on streaming services you don't even use? Do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's something that drives me mad.
3: Absolutely man. too.
0: Of course, it's a business scam out to get you. (laughs) Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill to take care of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and
3: stop paying for
0: subscriptions.
3: That you don't need, want or simply forget about. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. Which is
0: approximately 500 quid. <laughs> <laughs> because these damn companies make it hard to cancel your subscriptions. Truebill makes it incredibly easy to cancel. Just link your accounts and Truebill will make it easy to cancel your subscriptions in one tap.
3: And your Truebill concierge is there for when you want to cancel any unwanted subscriptions.
0: So you don't have to. Take control of your subscriptions with the new free Truebill app. Truebill helps you discover hidden unwanted subscriptions and cancels them with just one click.
3: Like Jennifer B, he says, With your help, our family has saved $587 this year on unnecessary subscriptions. I really didn't understand how Truebill could help me until we decided to save for a very large home purchase. So don't fall for subscription scams. Start cancelling today
0: at truebill.com forward slash Sean.
3: S-H-A-U-N. So go right now to truebill.com forward slash Sean.
0: It could save you thousands per year. Thank you for supporting our sponsors it's very important for the podcast production. And the links, as usual, are in the description box below this video.
1: And we see this all the time in the Crown Courts, um, where they're coming forward and
2: they start then attacking the survivors, mm. don't they,
1: saying you're a liar and everything
2: else. But that's what they do, because they they got to silence you, because they know the truth that comes in such great waves. Yeah. Mm. And the people it implicates as well, that the people that, you know, we're not, you know, we're not afraid to name because of what they did to kids. So that's why they try and silence a lot of it Dang, They try and like, there was a thing, went not there, that they said that, um, I forget who it was who was in parliament at the time that they would, you know, us kids from approved schools were not to be believed yeah, yeah, because yeah. of the pressure we've been put under and that, that what we come through that, you know, they didn't want to hear us because they knew that they were scared themselves that they would get mentioned from around the country well
1: well, Boris Johnson equated the money that's been spent on historical inquiries as money spaffed up a wall which is akin to spunked up a wall what an analogy to use and we even approached him and we said to him I explained who I was they know who I am Uh, Theresa May has mentioned me in parliament the Home Office knew, the wow. Home Secretary knew <laughs>
0: who I was. you know what she said about you in Parliament? Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, well it, it
1: was myself and another campaigner called Chris. And she turned around, she said, I'm aware of the works of, of, of this guy, Chris. I won't say his other name and John Wedger. I'm aware of it when it wow, was Congratulations. Raised. And yeah, so a little pat in the back. And I had, the, the minister, <laughs> there you go. the minister for policing and crime stood up, um, in, in a meeting in Parliament and said, had he not stood by me, that he didn't think I'd be alive today. The day after he made that speech to Nicholas Hurd, who was the the new former minister for crime, police and the fire service and six members of the home office in parliament. The next morning he was removed from his post. Was he? Yeah. He was in minister in charge of pens and toilet roll. (laughs) (laughs) And and this is what we do. We, we, we collared Boris Johnson just before he was, um, put in the premiership. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we said to him, please, Boris, look, you know, this is who I am. And he sort of nodded. Um, and he said, I said, look, this is what we're campaigning for. And he went, nothing to do with me. And he just wasn't interested. He wasn't interested. So it's not a priority. 80% of, of offending offenders have come from dysfunctional backgrounds. I'm not saying it's sexual abuse backgrounds, mm-hmm. but a good percentage of them. Let's be real about it. Will be. We know that um, it was cited by, by a senior family court judge that a third they they said the conservative element uh, estimate was 25 percent a quarter of society has been affected by sexual abuse and he turned and said no a third this is greater than that so it affects it is it really is the epicenter of this rot but attacking the victims is the wrong way this is when you see um ministers police and crime ministers crime commissioners Uh, senior police officers talking around about we need to get to the root of the problem. How better can you get getting to the root of the problem where you've got me as an ex-detective sat next to Darren, an ex-armed robber, Anthony Roberts, another ex-bank robber, and we are friends, we are buddies, and we are going out there campaigning on the street, on the front line, all on our own personal expense, most of it. If someone chucks a couple of quid, good on them. It will go a long way. And we're getting the messages out there. Between us as a collective, we have touched lives and we have turned people's attitudes round. We'll never know the full extent of what we've done. And that is thanks to the huge profile that you've got here, Sean. Definitely, definitely. And and this is what we're doing. So how can they proclaim to do this yet with no effects, yet we do it, Darren? Yeah, but Uh
2: that's the the thing. That's why, you know, like if it weren't for the likes of Sean, you know, we couldn't get the message out to greater places because Sean's, you know, known like here... And, well, the hero, the and globally. Yeah. The viewers
0: actually. Let's credit the viewers as well for sharing, well, yeah, definitely and definitely.
2: spreading the word and liking and
0: sharing these videos. Yeah. Oh
2: it is though it's because it's I think it's it's because you know you, your likeability as a person you're a good interviewer you're a good art person and you know people got is respect he? for you I was trying to steer it away from me then <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> no 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 put me right back in the
0: spotlight didn't <laughs> you? Sorry, it is, no, no I appreciate it's, that it's I'm blushing
2: i blushing you know credit <laughs> for thank, you, Sean. thank you, you you've done me a world of good I and mean, you mm. know what you've did for me, I've did for other people in return, mm. and you've saved a lot of lives just off that interview. You well, do when I
0: got out of prison, um, people had me on their shows and, and things and and helping get my story out yeah. to save my sanity. So I felt it was my duty with as I built my own platform to to keep that going.
1: I, I reckon we're gonna change the law. Because I'm getting a lot of servicemen come to me. You said and, that, yeah, yeah. And they're saying Plenty we want yeah, to help. A
3: podcast.
4: Yeah. <laughs> you know, do you know <laughs> what I
1: mean? And there was one group. They ended up, you know, the lot near you. They got their camp raided, didn't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, um, The
2: one up in Bath. Yeah, the PTSD. yeah, PTSD. yeah.
1: They said that under the Terrorism Act, that they went crazy in, because of, they're worried. They're worried because this has controlled global politics. Let's get this right. It has, and, and that has has been proved by independent inquiries, but also information that's come out with groups like Pi, Paedophile Information Exchange, which had links mm. to the intelligence services and central yeah. government, you know, and we saw it with Operation Conifer when you got Wiltshire Police, Mike Veal, exposed that Ted Heath was actively involved.
2: Utreet and in stuff,
1: yeah. so it has. So it's going out there, but they're, they're worried now of of us getting together, but do you, uh, there's nothing they can do about it because it's happening. Because people are fed up of seeing perverts in positions of privilege, power, and position that are abusing it and touching children. It's got to stop.
3: Well, everything seems to be coming out the shadows now, doesn't it? So, but The, yeah. more, the yeah.
0: more we cover it, the more flack we
2: get then, because we lost a yeah, chance course. twice
0: over it last year. Of course.
2: Yeah. But again, it's because it's it's, you know, what you're trying to do, you're trying to highlight it, but in, a, in, a, in a, lightweight because you really can't go hammering song can you you've got not to be anymore, careful no. because of the strikes you know they say that that's offensive you can't say that but yeah it's right for them to put the strikes against you but all we're doing is letting the world know what we've been through is our pain it's not youtube's you know it's nothing to do is as us you know i'm not here now with a gun to me head would i gotta talk i'm coming here because you know it, it helps relieve stuff off of my head it helps get the pressure off. It keeps me normal. Do you feel like you get sane. a buzz doing podcasts? No, I don't. You know, I don't get a buzz. No, I don't. I come away buzzing. Do you? Yeah. No, it's just, I felt it when you do a podcast that you just, you're helping someone in my heart. I'm thinking that just say, for instance, you had like, I don't know, a million people. I'm, I, I always open pray that under those are survivors and that they seek help after. Because that's what it's about. It's about people, you know, my my mission, you know, once all my illnesses are done and I can live a bit, a bit of a better life, you know, I'd like to, you know, continue to go on and, you know, let people know that it's not theirs too old. They can share it with other people because you haven't got to be embarrassed. And, you know, with the interviews, no, it's, it's, you're open, aren't it's you? You're spreading the word a good measure, you know, like with John and Sean.
1: Well, well one of the things I say, because people say to me, What advice would you give? And I say, right, there's only one bit of advice. Do not infight. Don't fight each other. And that's to survive. Don't fight each other. Your enemy is not each other.
2: Exactly. You You should all work together, you know? And that's, that's what I didn't get with, you know, when you watch like YouTube with all the wars and I think, man, you know, just, just be, just be friends Mm. because life is too short. We're not here for a long time. We're here for a short and good time. Just make the most of it because, you know, tomorrow's not guaranteed you know no one can you know we got plans like mine would be to get up and take the dog for a walk yeah you know whoop you do <laughs> but you know it, it's not it's not happened yet is it you know i gotta make it to that stage you know and you know um that's what and that's that's what i didn't get when people really, really got all the infighting there's no need just be grown up and it's 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 kind of tacky to wear your dirty laundry over the internet it's not nice well, well I'll say
1: to everyone, work within the parameters of the law.
4: Yeah. And
1: and I tell the police, if I get information, I tell them. We had a meeting with West Midlands Police a little while back, high-level meeting, and wow. we we told them exactly what we found. You yeah. Know, this is what we've got. This is the information. I went and got statements and I served it on them. They did nothing. That's up to them. But I'm not going it independent on that front because that you will be taken down and you'll end up in prison
2: you will yeah. be because again look, is that, look that lady, is it was the ladies at Shaw? Yeah, yeah 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 again she spoke out you know yeah. dropped names and you know and, what happened to her I, she, she she got
1: um she had a photographic memory and she's um a survivor and she knew so much she even knew um Again, I don't want to say too much, but you there know. was someone very, very high up. She even remembered all the numbers on their credit card. And um, she got um, arrested. They always arrest them for something minor. And then they, I can't remember exactly what she got nicked for, but she got put away. And now shes um, they've sectioned her and they put her in an institution. So that could be an indefinite tariff. And we see this all the time, anyone who does it. And I say this on a podcast, I said, if you go outside the parameters of law, you are going to get the maximum. Mm-hmm. So you either go into prison or a mental home. Yeah. 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 And and if you look years ago, what did they used to do to the kids? They were, the kids' homes are always next to a mental institution. Always. And know. boom, you, you know, Sue, they, they did it to Sue. Um, Sue Peach. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. She walked in on, when she was in the care home and she caught um, one of the housemasters raping a six year old girl. She was 11. And, um, she went and told, she reported it. She said, look, I've just caught Mr. So and so doing this to little whoever. And she was caned, caned a girl, you know, um, and then she was sectioned. I mean, they, they sectioned away forever. Um, anyway, she managed to get out, but that's what they did. And she spent years in a mental institution as a young girl. Uh, and they did this legitimately. This was done within, and they, of course, they would have to lie and they'd have to bear false witness. But then the the false statements would have gone onto the likes of Darren's record, you know, as as a fantasist, mm-hmm. a liar. So years later, when Darren then, you know, after years of crime, usually crime of theft, and that's classed as dishonest crime, goes before a court um, after making allegations of people who have done this, and they'll turn around straight away, and under the new um, provisions of the 2003 Criminal Justice Act, will put it on him. Well, you, you actually you know, to the jury, you know, members of the jury, this is a man of dishonesty. You say the word dishonest to people, what do they think?
2: Liar. liar straight liar, away. Liar, you're liar. not, yeah, because yeah. the jury's persuaded, straight away, see, by your criminal past, yep. even though it was many, many, many moons ago that you're speaking about something which has happened to you, which has nothing to do with your crimes, but were what led you to the crimes. You know, you haven't got a leg to stand on. That's why you've got to be so careful on, you know, what you say and how you say it now, because you've got to protect yourself, because... You know, the police are quite crafty. They, like John said, they will pull you in, but then they come up with the old trick that, you know, we had you in a cell and you were trying to top yourself, right? Or you so were put you in on a off minor the walls. Then, yeah, yeah, so therefore, for your own safety, we're going to section you. And if you can't articulate,
4: mm-hmm.
1: and then they'll put a bit of paper in front of you, just sign that. Yeah. Can you read and write? A lot of people go, well, yeah, I went to school, yeah. But of course you can't. You, no. you can't articulate. You can't elocute yourself properly. And um, what did the police always just say to people? Oh, just, just, Admit to that, we'll do your favour. And my mate said, since when did we ever do anyone a favour? It was a stitch up. <laughs> and that's how it was. <laughs> you know? I mean, like, like I said before, someone said to me once, they went, You must have been involved in seeing things. Well, I, I'd be a fool to ever say, Well, yeah. But I'm telling you now, there were practices that went on, especially in the bad old days, which were horrific. And it was institutional. And it was, it was institutional. And it was just, Man, if they if they had body cameras then, and they showed this, no one would believe it. They're going, "How this this is like a third world military junta doing this?" But that it was the norm in some departments, Um and you know, to be honest, I managed to sort of transverse my way through all of that. But when I come across a cover up with children, that was something that no way, not on my watch, and I just couldn't believe the attitude towards me for doing it. And no one stood by me. They were all gone, and I was just thinking, why? And it was only i, t- I tell you—it was only Jimmy Savile being exposed. How ironic is this? And that's going to be in my book. Ironic, because this is <laughs> this situation's ironic, Darren. You know, what yeah. I mean? You're
0: writing your book, John.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on way now. I'm on way with it now. <laughs> oh, you know, yeah. and uh, and someone said, call it ironic. I am thinking everything is ironic. You know, I got I got baptized as a born again Christian by an ex murderer. You know, and I so everything is Brian. Yeah, brilliant. You know? <laughs> and it was big scar down his face and you know yeah. tough guy. Yeah, you know, uh, training him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and everything is is ironic. And um you know, and I I I am just not having it. I'm not having it. But you know, it it does give me hope because When we get together and people like Chris Lambriano, 82 years old, still on the street. He was outside Scotland Yard the other month campaigning with Anthony. And there was something that's brought us all
2: together, Darren, didn't there? Of course it is because, you know, like with Chris and you had his brother, Tony, and you got Jimmy and, you know, but Chris is a good guy. He's a man of God now. And, you know, he, he knows his stuff. He's he's influential, you know. and And what I like about Chris Lambriano is that he doesn't, Big the fact that he was with the crazes, but he never bigs it up does he
1: not now he used no. to but not now no it? you don't now know, he, he said there's only one he wants to talk about and that's Jesus and not the creeds yeah <laughs> but, but again if we look at the the Falkland Islands you know there was I don't know 2000 soldiers I might get you know put right on that one died um, British servicemen died in that battle many many more killed themselves afterwards
4: mm-hmm.
1: because they couldn't cope with it they just couldn't cope with the trauma and and i think if we ever got the statistics of how many people commit suicide and what the link is well you'll be be horrific
2: like i said to you and i said at the beginning of the podcast you know i've lost about five or six in the last year of friends you know literally and you you kind of dread you know looking at facebook and stuff now because you know that i see people and that they're not in good places and you try and message them and i think it's hard to reach out to them because I'm going for my own battle at the moment, you know, and I'm, and I'm trying to, you know, there's days I keep, I'm trying to keep me sane as well. Cause you, when you start worrying about other people, then I have to look at myself in the mirror and think, well, my health's not there. Then, you know, I, I dwell then as well. So you, I could have, you know, if it weren't for me and John and Sean, I could have been a statistic. Why? Well, I, I know I would have because in my head, I had nothing to live for you know it was just more pain another birthday bought just another bad memory for me you know that they they should have been times of joy but they weren't for me you know it was just another bad memory yeah and and if you look now with with the prison system
1: they're locked down they're like 24-hour lockdown especially over the covid yeah i mean i'm in touch with poor pepsi and he's he slowly his mental health is going it's it's dropping
2: away, and again he's a victim. Yeah, yeah. Pepsi, Adam, guy called Adam Watson. Yeah, you know he, he he's a victim, the poor chap. And again, you know he's an IPP, but he's shut behind the door, and it's it's not helping. And, and the hope's gone. The hope's gone, and you can you can hear it when you talk to
1: him. The hope has gone. He said, "Now that's thirteen Christmases I've done over my tariff. inside
2: thirteen. Well, like, that's his life. How many did you do? Eight, nine Christmases. Six, six. 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 Yeah, said a long time." You know, but again, you come out the end, a good guy. You know, you've literally had your battle, didn't you? you oh,
0: and on the subject of, um, like, soldiers, more than half of my friends in prison were soldiers. Were they? Come back from with PTSD from the wars. Didn't get any help from the government and then went on to street drugs to self-medicate and ended up in prison.
2: And that was in Arizona. In Arizona, yeah. Did you ever find it a, a lot of people that you were with in Arizona at the time they had problems in their childhood. Oh, they yeah. left again with Third, drugs. This is the yeah. thing, right?
0: So when I was a, a kid, you know, our drugs education egg frying in a pan this is your brain on drugs. Heroin users are like zombies who live on the bridges and go mm-hmm. out stealing and, and, and robbing cars yeah, and all this. Yeah, stuff. Yeah. So that was what I had in my head. Go to the uh, the jail where ninety about 90% were injecting heroin. In there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. But then hearing the sad stories of what had led to that, which I had never... I've. This is how I woke up to what was really going on in the world because you had all these parasitical corporations making money off it. Private prisons just won hundreds of, of them, 60,000 a year, taxpayers' money per person. Uh, hearing the stories thrown away as kids abused as kids, seen the parents murdered, been molested, and on and on and on and on it went. And they'd never been given the tools to deal with the trauma. Never are. So they'd gone on to the hardest drug to block that pain out. I've been there. Which then led to the criminality. So for the men, robbing, drug dealing. For the women, shoplifting, sex work. You see it
4: over
2: yeah, yeah. and over and over and over it's and exactly over again. the same over here, exactly yeah. the same. It's, like, yeah. it's identical here, yeah. because, you know, when you come out of the approved school system, you're, you literally, you, you you're, you're a zombie. You're after shadow of who you were. You don't even know yourself. And, yeah. you know, you don't even, know, you haven't got a direction. You know, somebody, people see that you're vulnerable. They take you to drugs because they know that, you know, your head's gone, that you are going to commit crime, you know, and the same happened to me. I went through the, the all, all the drugs, you know, to try and just a lot of it was to try and kill myself. You know, become, yeah, I was just uh, L-bent, you know, L-bent on just going over the top with drugs because I, I just couldn't see it enter the madness in my head because there was so much going on. There was so many, you know, I had years and years of torture, torment, you know, and it was not just that. It, it, it's your physical pain as well. Then, then your body starts to ache in the winter and, you know, and you, you get trapped and somebody comes along and they offer you like heroin or acid or anything you know to take that pain away and you know and it works for a minute but then when you come round you're back to square one but you're twice as worse because you and you're clucking you're depressed you're heavily heavily depressed mm. and whatever you went to the place you went to before you took the drugs is now even bigger in your head so that you know you've got no money you've got to commit offences to get this money and you, you you're reckless you've got no consideration for yourself or or, or anybody else you know, and I, I was, I look back now, I'm, I'm 52 now and I'm going through what, what I'm going through now. And I look back with like, you know, a lot of regret in my life, but I, I can't change it. I can't change it. I can say I'm sorry to the cows come home, but you know, I wish I could take it back, but I can't, you know, it's, it's somewhat I got to live with and I live with it with, with a lot of things in silence. And I just hope and pray that, you know, um, Life, you know, continues to be okay. And outside of my old circle now, the only person I really talk to is John. You know, I've literally got myself, you know, Cal and the dog. And, um, I live a very quiet life now and I, I love that quiet life. You know, we don't involve anybody around our little circle. We do our walks and, you know, and it's, it's, it's how I wanted it. Cause so I, I never imagined that life could be this peaceful. Because it never has been for me. It's always been chaotic. It's always been crazy. Some always going off, you know. And, you know, I, I still, like the other night, I um, had a bit of a little meltdown in me. I had a trigger. I had a door open on top of the stairs. And kind of gone up and seen it and froze. And in my head, I felt, that, you know. Back in the home. Yeah, there was someone by the door. And I froze. And yeah. it kind of got a bit angry in me. And, you know. It's horrible. It really, really is. And there's there's, there's not that I want to take him. There is no tablets for that. There is nothing. No one can say about that. You know, it's just something I've got to deal with on my own. You know, you, you can tell people of how you feel, and you know, I've I've seen so many shrinks in my life. That you know, they're meant to be the best in the safe west, and this guy always going to help you out. You start talking and they're rubbing their hands on their head. And they're like, well, hang about, mate. What am I going to do with this?
1: And I'm thinking, well, I'm, I'm gonna... rubbing their hands together as well. Well, yeah, but...
3: I made a counsellor cry once. I, I thought, I, I can't <laughs> be with her anymore.
2: Yeah.
4: <laughs> I, I have
3: know. one guy
2: called Derek from Um Avon and Wiltshire, mental health guy. And he looked like Elvis, you know. And he, <laughs> and he kind of sat back and he was like, you know, and he's doing this. And I was
4: like... <laughs> you know what, Thank you very much. Yeah.
2: And he, basically, yeah. And he said, okay. He said, "Uh, I'm ready. And I thought, (laughs) ready for what? (laughs) And I was like, all right. So I just took him to the darkest moment of my life. And it's, everything changed. And he went from like Elvis to, I don't know, like Buddy Ollie, like really quiet. He's just gone like, and he's like, he he said, I've got to stop, you know. He said, that is way too heavy for me, brother. Oh, my word. He said, when I was in uni.
3: Have you seen oh. that, what's that program, Afterlife, where they have the, the therapist on yeah, there? Yeah, have yeah. you seen it? He just takes the utter mick. He's all self-indulgent, talking about his fucking self. That was, for hours.
4: <laughs> yeah. that, was
2: that was Derek. <laughs> that was Derek the Great, you know. And he did. He stopped me halfway through, and he was lost.
0: Was he, that some of the stuff that you told us in the first podcast? Yeah. yeah. And
2: it just blew his nut. And he was like, What can I say? I said, well, come on in. I said, because you're the great Derek. I said, but bear in mind, you're all right. You're going to piss off and have a coffee and a cigarette. I've got to walk out with this on my head. Who's going to help me tonight? And he went, brother, you're a lost cause.
4: (laughs) Oh, my word. Yeah.
1: He
2: said, you're a lost Uh, cause. Unbelievable. And he said, wherever you're going... May God bless you and oh. pave your way. Well, well that, that, that'll that help you, won't it? <laughs> yeah, and I just, yeah. I walked Makes out. your confidence. Exactly, right. and I walked and, and out. And you're at, saying
1: you never got better after that? <laughs> no, I didn't. Oh, you're a last <laughs> cause, Darren. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was. You know, but
2: you, you do, you walk up the road and you're thinking, what have I just witnessed? What have I just, you know? And then I get a letter to say, Derek, I don't want to see you anymore because you blew him away because it was too deep. But he, he didn't study that in textbook. But, you know. The, the stuff I've been through with, 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 like, with the with survivors you, you know there's so much is so deep yeah. that we have things done to us that you wouldn't even do to a bloody I don't know a rag doll you know but that's why the the, the rates are so high and that's why my body's in a bad place now because of the trauma yeah. you know I I stopped growing I'm 5 foot 4 or 5 foot 5 you know and my brothers are taller than me do you know that's
1: interesting you say that There's um, a woman, she's a counsellor for um, uh, people who have been ritually abused, Uh, Carolyn her name is, and honestly she's she's the size of that can, she is the smallest woman ever, right, she's that big, and her twin sister wasn't abused, and that's how they got away with it, because they classed her as a liar, and she's one of the best therapists for this multiple DID personalities. And her sister is like six foot, and she's that big because yeah. she stopped growing. So you, you think the trauma stops her growing?
2: Yeah, yeah. that's what yeah. it is. That's, that's what's happening on. Yeah, because that's what that's why I'm five foot four or five foot five. But it's a
1: bit like a plant, isn't it? If you don't give it the nutrients and the nurturing, it's going to grow stunted. The, the water it and the sunlight mm. and everything.
2: Yeah, because yeah, you know you starve to that. You starve the food. and you, you know you're having things done to your body that, like I said, you know you wouldn't do to an ash bin. You know, we've seen better things put in a ash bin. So obviously with the trauma and the stress, your body does stop the growing. If you notice with a lot of victims, they kind of walk with a little bit hunched as well. Yeah, yeah, looking it's down. Like, and that. Yeah, go yeah. like kind of, you're, you're over yeah. a little bit, you know, you're hunched because of, you know, the way you were positioned as a child.
1: And the other thing is not being able to gain... Fruitful employment because you see coercive control in managers and
2: yeah, and people's like tone and the way they talk to you and stuff. And because you don't know if they're having a dig or yeah. you know, I, yeah, there's this, this, just so Can many, I ask
3: you, did you struggle to look people directly in the eyes for a while? Yeah, yeah,
2: can't stand it because you think <laughs> no, I know, <laughs> no, but no, you know, I, I do. I don't like you, just you, you look at people, and I generally, I, I'm not really a a big talker either, believe it or not. Quite a quiet person. I've always been quite a quiet person and I've never liked it because I didn't want people to see the pain in my eyes because a few people said, like, you know, you're dead behind the eyes. That's what he A classic, is dead behind the eyes. So rather than have to talk about the pain and someone said, oh, you look lost. If I didn't look at them, they wouldn't ask me. So I could just go about my, whatever I was doing in my own little world. So then you just don't get, I never really got close to people either. I couldn't, yeah I preferred a lot of the time on my own you know it's like when prison and stuff I actually preferred it in solitary confinement do you know um Bill Maloney he's
1: uh, one of the, the pioneers really of, of of getting these videos out there Uh filmmaker guy. And, and a survivor but yeah mm, you, you met him guy, you, Darin? Darin. Yeah. and uh, I took Darren to meet him and he's he lives on um, a housing estate in South London I've been and there, he's yeah. d- done his kitchen out Oh, sorry he's done his kitchen out and I said to him and he spends a lot of time in his kitchen I said Bill you've done your kitchen out like a prison cell and he went yeah yeah and he's, he's <laughs> honestly the tiles are like the old Lovely. institutional <laughs> tiles with, with black wrought iron work and, and I said you've actually reconstructed a prison cell and he went "Yeah." and he was the youngest ever kid in solitary confinement mm. he, he did like long home. periods of time said, and, and that's what he's done and he said oh, <laughs> I actually feel safe when I'm in here and, and he and calls so his it. wife Sheriff Joe Appiah <laughs> 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 is your bedroom
3: like a prison cell This podcast is sponsored by Gadfly Press. We are proud to announce the publication of The Girl Gambler. A young woman's story of her escape from gambling addiction. The story of a young girl's entrapment in gambling addiction. The true advert for problem gambling and how it controlled her every movement, every thought and almost took her life. How the guilt and shame that go hand in hand with addiction stopped her from reaching out for help for eight years as she didn't feel it was okay for a young female to be a problem gambler. How she believed it was a male-dominated problem and how eventually she did find the tools that enabled her to become free of her addiction.
0: Available worldwide on Amazon. Link in the description box below this video. Thank you for supporting our sponsor. So I went from the prison to... My parents like built an extension in the house, what used to be a garage. And my mom, <sighs> before I got out, my mom was like, yeah, you know, we'll we'll slide a tray on the know, yeah. door. No. And we'll just keep you in the garage. You won't let you out in the beginning. <laughs> Should have. <And>, uh, <laughs> 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 but then I lived, I moved into my friend's Mike's house. So I moved from the garage. I was in the garage for a year. <laughs> then I moved for 10 years to the bedroom of my friend Mike's house, which was the same size as the garage right. room. Wow. Which was b- b- bigger than a cell, but not that much. No. So for 11 years after I got out, I confined myself to one little room. But
1: your focal point goes as well. Because when you're outside, your focal point is further out. And when you're mm. confined, mm. they found that. but you focal might know, yeah. yeah. But it does. Mm. Yeah.
2: But that's, you know, yeah. it's, it's all interesting, isn't it? Like Because you, you can relate, can't you, to a lot of things when you're yeah. behind the steel door and you're mm. on your own... You, You know, I used to feel safe. I don't know if you felt the same. Locked down. Yeah, in my head. You
0: didn't have to deal with people.
2: Exactly. You know, idiots and just, I could be at rest. And, Mm. you know, I knew that with the door being shut, that I could just get on with my time and, you know, I I could relax my body, you know, Mm -hmm. and I could try and like manage some of the thoughts in my head Mm. that I could get out of stuff. And, you know, it was...
4: Because they were trying
0: to break me down psychologically because I hadn't cooperated. So they kept putting me in higher and higher security levels. In be the beginning, bad. I was thinking, I was a bit scared. You know, I'm going to su- 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 maximum, then I'm going to super. Terrified at the thought. What's it got? And I was like, this is quite peaceful. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. super max, you know. Yeah, yeah. But all the... Super max, uh, very peaceful.
2: Mexican mafia and stuff, great. Yeah, but you
0: can't get out yourself, so there's no... Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, you're, you're just in yourself.
2: cell. Continuous lockdown, aren't you? They yeah. Don't, yeah, yeah. I watched the thing about the um, Mexican prison, and they were under 24-7. Oh, in Mexico? Yeah. Oh, that's a whole different world. But they were, like, really yeah. segregated, and they had no connection with anybody else, and mm. they were happy, like the cartel leaders, to have gone with their time and not get stubbed up, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah.
0: In SMU in Florence, the only thing they did was let you out for handball court. Did you do it? No, because they come like at f- three in the morning, four in the morning, so they can tick a box and say they offered it whenever it's asleep. Oh, right, lit. yeah, when you kicked, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think I did go once or twice, but uh, not not regularly. And then the other thing, they, they have to take you out for a shower every three days, and that's wow. quite a process. Cause Under this-
2: the body chain.
0: So if you want to get a shower in Supermax, they come to your door, they say, B- back up to the door, put your hands through it. Okay. Yeah. They handcuff you through the trap. Then they tell you to face the, go back and walk and face the wall while they slide the door open. Oh. Then they tell you to very slowly back out of the cell. Wow. And there's two of them in the Darth Vader stuff, shank-proof body armour. Yeah, they yeah. walk you to the shower. Shower door buzzes open. Oh, on the way to the shower, they say, if you so much as look as another prisoner, or turn, or smile, or say anything, we're back. just going to grab your skull and smash your head into the concrete. Oh, my word. So you don't want to do any talking to the prisoners on your way down the room then shower door buzzes open you go in closes you back up to the door and put your hands through the trap they unhank off you and then for about, you press the button and the water runs for about 10 minutes for security purposes, but they leave you enough hours and hours. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, I was like, let me out, let me out. But I realized they just got off on it. So I, I started to do a yoga routine. And um... <laughs> you're going to, aren't you? You've got to adapt.
2: Make... Yeah. Cause yeah. you're out of your cell. Mm. You're in a different environment. And I suppose you just got to make the most of that moment, aren't you? Yeah. Really? Cause you, you can't go back, can you? Mm. Until they're ready yeah until the big boss
0: but in those security levels they weaponized crap do they weaponize crap in the the high security levels yeah in the UK? yeah
2: when i was in like long Lightning and stuff and mm. you know it was i suppose it, it wasn't as bad as where you were because mm. i've seen the stuff where you've been and that was just unbelievable you know and but yeah everything's kind of like locked down and you know it the biggest thing with long lightning was that in the kitchen was the fridges you had those metal trays like thin bar things and they were forever getting nicked and cut down into ice picks. So you get like three, um, picks. Yeah. And you know, you literally, that was the main thing. Yeah. Did you it, see
0: anyone get attacked with them?
2: Yeah, there was loads. There what, was, what was that over? Uh, one was over a Twix, literally. Twix. Yeah. Know, it was a right. Twix. <laughs> so, and we had a guy, um, <laughs> Yami knew him called Nicholas and he was the Chinese guy and you had that. No, Nicholas was the Indian guy with the long hair and he was just one spooky mother. You know, he was, he was okay. You know, I used to, I used to call him Sandman because he was foreign and he looked like he'd come from the sand. And somebody basically, he'd, he'd done a Twix and he, when he got him back what for his What do you mean tansy, done a Twix? Well, he, he'd give him a Twix and when he it come to pay up, he bought a double. But instead they'd give him a Mars where it should have been two. Should have been two tweets. Yeah, and but Mars bar. Yeah, because oh. you do like if you borrow one, you got to pay two back. And um my neighbour was like, you know, watch this, watch this, he's gonna go, he's gonna go. Oh, really? Nick's right on one, he's right on one, and all of a sudden I just see him run up on the guy, and the pick is just straight in the side, and they're having oh, it, oh, you God. know, yeah, Twix.
4: yeah. But what it's, what like, like, it?
2: it's like but when you when you're in the A's it's different. It's a different ball game. You've only got to look at someone, and he's off. And you're having it, you know, people, you know, you got guys that are doing like double life, triple life. They're never getting out. They got no hope. You know, when someone's got an all life tariff, what hope have they got? Mm-hmm. Whatever they do is a 28 lay down. The majority of it, they know that they're not going to go for, you know, Long Larton because nowhere else to take them. They're there for a reason because it's the end of the road. Mm-hmm. You know, people going about Wakefield and stuff, which, you know, Bronson was. They say that no, that was bad. You know, Larton left it standing it's like it used to go on from reception on to inductions on A-Wing because you had like ones and twos and threes. Well, no, grand ones and twos. And the TV room was always on the ones. And the amount, I was in there one day with a guy called Martin Harrison. And I was sat down just watching it. I think I said it with you. And I was just watching telly. And all of a sudden, he'd come in and put a courier bag over his head. Oh. And he's just like, whoa, you know, nothing to see here. And he's literally just, you know, trying to get him. You know, and that's what it was like. The TV room was forever going up. But it's it's aise And just say you had, like, ten receptions come through on a, a Friday. I can guarantee you by Monday there'd be three left because they've, like, checked on the numbers because it was crazy. You know, it's just... But to me, it was better than the approved school. You know, I wasn't going to get raped. I knew who to avoid, t- t- you know, to look out for the sisters and stuff. You know, so you kind of avo- avoid them you know, and just keep some good people, but you just, again, you, all you do when you're in prison, you're making good of a bad situation, you got yourself put there, the best you can do is toe the line as best you can, get on with it, and try and learn something from it, you know, try and take a piece of it with you, mm. the, you know, I think, I used to get a lot of it off with the life first I used to think, I, I got a chance, they haven't, they're never getting out, and when they do, they're under life licence anyway. And there's nothing, if they were to sneeze in the wrong direction with probation, they're going back. You know, so at least with the EDR, earliest date of release or LDR, whichever last date of release, at least you were free from it. You know, but with those guys, then they're just part of the system, aren't they? They're just part of the will. It keeps revolving round and round and round. You know, that's why there's a lot of people that come out uh, doing little podcasts for themselves. And you know, I don't get. With what they're doing because they're them on license, and it's just probation ain't going to see what they're saying, it's crazy. Some of them are doing them from the prison cells now,
4: I really. Know. Yeah, I saw, yeah,
1: there's
2: quite a few, and not there I saw a guy the other day, yeah, I ain't gonna say his name, but because I don't want to get How? in trouble, was his first name Sam? Yeah,
4: yeah, <laughs> 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 do you see phones? yourself?
2: They've got phones
4: so they just... in, the,
1: in the bums, right? Like? Well, you can, your little plug in phones are like that, aren't they? We've seen yeah. the little, we were talking about uh, the little. They are. And they're all <laughs>
2: plastic, so they don't ping up on the. Did you see yourself when he had his clothes hanging up? and yeah. He was one about his photographs. So, oh, and- so how,
0: how did he get away with all that? Then can't can't the guards like?
2: So these new things, <sighs> yeah, they're undetectable. So when you go on the the big boss, the chair, yeah. The, yeah. the inside's are plastic. I'd all plastic, found. yeah. So it didn't set anything off. But again, what you got as well, you've got to remember. And every gel got them. And I'm sorry to say it, you're going to have a bent screw. Yeah. And your bent screw is a young screw because what you do, look, you go onto them, don't you? you? You're singling that screw out. You know, you're right, you are, Governor. You're a good guy, you are. If it comes on top, the lads are going to back you. You try and get them on your side a little bit. You're bringing them across. They, they don't realize it. Then you know, you how you doing, Governor? You're going to have a good weekend, and you, you, in a way, you're kind of like, I suppose. What do you call it? Manipulating. Yeah, but you, you're building his trust and he's gaining yours because he thinks that he, he's, you know, you know, the lads like you on here, Gov? you know, and it starts with something small like, you know, do us a favour, can you get us a packet of fags in? And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, I'm only doing it the once. And you're thinking, mug. Yeah. You know, it ain't no the once. Ain't then, you know, a week later, you go, oh, do us a favour, can you get us two bags of fags? You know, you're paying them from. Because they know that you know it's, it's worth good money inside. They knew it with the bigger stuff. Then you you know any chance you can get us a phone with a charger, because you know you're not you told me yourself you're not getting search coming in. You know you're you've been here three years and you've been searched once, and they're like oh go on then, but don't you know do it again. And of course you, you just get them and well, well you got them then didn't you? Of course you have. There, there was a a guy
1: when I worked in South London and he was getting information for criminals right like for gangsters and whatnot. And, um, they were paying him two grand in an envelope. So they'd say, we need a check done on this, this guy, this guy. And he was doing it for the competition and he'd get an envelope. And then he handed himself in in the end. Cause what they did was it got escalated more and more exactly that. And then they, they wanted a load of info and he got it for them. And he went to his meeting and they got 50 pence and said, pushed it over and went, that's what you're getting paid from now on. And we'll see you next week. And so he had to hand himself in because it was only going to go one way. Yeah. And you he know, went to prison because yeah, he, he yeah, was He was, a, ball.
2: Your ball. Yeah, he was He's he was in, in the, the pocket. In the pocket, yeah. There's a lad, um, on YouTube, uh, he's an ex prison officer. Right. I think he had the same, like, you know, he was from up north. Do you ever see Lee him? Davies? Yes. That's yeah, that's yeah. yeah. Oh, you've been, you messaged me this morning. We're going to do actually. part
0: two with him soon because he's got a prison governor that's going to
2: come on as well. Wow. He was quite likable bloke, wasn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you could just see how he fell into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Again, yeah. you know, you, you again you win them, don't you? You kind of Yeah, you know, I've only seen um a little clip. He was with uh another prison officer guy. Sam. That's him. Yeah. yeah. I read him on as well. Have you? Yeah. Yeah, cuz I've seen that Sam with a guy with crazy hair.
0: Oh, Marvin, um, Lee Marvin. That's him. Yes, out of Manchester. Wonder- He's just been on um Lad Bible as well, he's got a hell of a story. Yeah, he seems He's to... the one who at the recent what's um it was the way in for the boxing event in Manchester. Okay. And living in London got socked by one guy and then got socked by another guy. Oh. And it was actually Lee Marvin came in and protected Living in London. Living in London. Oh well done. Yeah.
2: Well, well
1: done. Because... Remind
3: of... me out to the podcast there's a guest coming on that I've got. Cool. A really good one.
1: Okay. There, there was um a guy, and he was harassing, a couple was harassing the travellers. And he sort of, he was their home beat officer as well. And he did something, he crossed the line with them. Anyway, the, the boss of the traveller invited him down to this site. And he, he drove down, you know, in his car, parked up. And no one would touch it because he had, you know, they sort of knew him. But it it definitely crossed the line. So they got him drunk. You know, said, wow. come on, we love you. You're a good bloke. You're one of us. Got him yeah. drunk. Got him absolutely hammered. Then they picked him up for him in his car, all stood round it, blocked it in and called the police and said
2: we're stopping him driving off. Uh oh, stopping him driving off.
1: And and got him. Him. Yeah,
2: and they got him, yeah. I'm meeting um it. an old guest of yours this afternoon, little yummy. Oh, what a great guy. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. go and take him for a pint of mash. Oh, fantastic. <laughs> yeah, oh, wicked. Over a Whitechapel. So I'm gonna Yeah, gonna fly across and see the Yummy bee. So yeah. when
0: you're in prison with Yami then, have you got any Yummy stories from in I, prison?
2: I literally come across Yami. i'm yeah. sure that's what i'm going to go with this afternoon that i think i met him in lewis but many many moons ago and again i didn't the one with Yami. i didn't really know him mm. so that's what i'm going to go and clear it make sure that it was him yeah but i'm pretty sure because i come across him with your uh, podcast mm-hmm. mm. do you know i was like it was carl was watching it and she said oh, have a look at this guy he looks interesting so I sat down and i was like <laughs>
1: He owes me a twix.
2: No, I said, <laughs> I, know him. I said his name's Samson. She's like, Yeah. I said he's um a little guy. I said I was in Lewis with him. And he was like chatting away and I was like, Oh my god, it is, it is. And he's got such a good vibe, hasn't he? Yeah, he was like on the way up he was messaging us with his voice clips and like how oh, 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 he goes and
0: We went on a country walk near uh, you know in Guildford and um we were going down this hill. And it was, he couldn't stop himself from walking forward and he went faster and faster and faster and faster. He didn't stop. And then he, f- he went head, o- he flew into the air, he went head <laughs> over heels. I thought he's going to break his neck here. Gee. And he, but he landed perfectly and did a break fall and got up and he laughed, and he goes, if I had died doing it just now. Do you know what they'd be saying about you? <laughs> <laughs>
2: but he's, you know, the first time I'm meeting him today. So. Yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's, he's a really, he seems a really good guy. He's just always smiling and always giving off this positive energy. And he does. Isn't he's, he? A, he, he's, he's a yeah. positive guy. You know, he, he really is a positive guy. Did you meet Charles Bronson in prison? No.
0: No. <laughs> blame me. <mate.
4: laughs> No.
0: What, what about any any notorious um, i
2: met loads you know you, you're gonna i meet um in lewis do you know neil razor smith yeah, yeah. the bank robber he showed me how to use a tray yeah how to use a
0: tray in as a weapon
2: yeah how
0: How do you do that so basically just say
2: that's your your tray mm. obviously if you've got beef with someone after grub you kind of use the corner of your tray to Mm. You know, yeah, give him a little bit of a cheekster sort of tune. thing. Yeah. But he, you know, I knew like obviously with Frank Fraser and met Charlie Cray and Long Larton as well, mm. you know, and there's a good one. Like, you know, there's, what else would I say? There's so many, you know, but it wasn't until you got older that you see him doing podcasts like, um, Tony Lambriano. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's Chris's brother. Chris. Yeah. yeah. And Jimmy. Yeah. He's the, he's the one that passed away. And he was a really nice guy, you know, had a bit of a deep voice, mad for the cigarettes. Yeah, Jimmy's still about. Yeah, Jimmy lives down by Bournemouth, I yeah, think.
4: Yeah.
2: But yeah, you know, And but it's been such a long time now, you know, and I'm just, like I say, at the moment now, we're coming up here today with with you guys and just, you know, trying to see what we can do now. Yeah. Because,
1: see, this is a way forward that, that we're going to, um just wait, but come, come, come. Come on board <laughs> do
3: the do the yeah.
1: go
0: on yeah because we <laughs> want to know <laughs> yeah. yeah go for it because obviously how how did um, oh. well wh- when is this basically? well, well it'll be
1: in the summer because I, I I work with kids so I, I have to go by the holiday thing so it'll be in the summer they'll give us time to sort stuff out and to get the money um, and I think because Anthony as well is um has got a young family so we, we're just going to cycle our way up and i mean i was before when i because i rode i did similar thing i rode down to cornwall we're doing about 60 70 miles a day which is achievable but it will alter you know according to your bike your fitness and 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 the terrain you know
0: Mm. so can you live stream some of it on the way yeah 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 we'll do that yeah
1: Yeah. Um, and what we want to do is meet up with people along the way you know and survivors wherever they are and then pop in and do an interview and make yeah, it like a
0: live stream trick. to us we could be like the headquarters
2: yeah and then of course go, like, get the that viewers to meet yeah. you guys along yeah. the, along the way like to get yeah. like a gopro or something we? yeah, yeah.
3: never use it wicked, wicked. <laughs> you know, wicked. Like we yeah. get it nearer the time
2: <laughs> so we get it all set up but that's yeah, what we need to do is to get like one interview with you every day we check in and yeah, say this is where we're going wicked. Yeah. but i think with it we're gonna you know it is about trying to raise money so I can li- literally get this done. So I can, How I can. How much do you need? T- truthfully, like it doesn't say in the paperwork, but that's just hospital stuff with appointments. But for a triple art bypass and the aftercare, it's going to be about 25 grand. Right. You know, so, so, so a lot of money is a bit, it's a big if, you know, and a big ask, but we're not asking, you know, for people to d- donate like pounds and pounds. If basically say, you know, everybody was to put in like 20 pence. It's you soon get there you know we're not asking people to raid their bank accounts in order to support myself you know so i get this done we're asking people that if they got a spare 20 pence or a couple of coppers if they can donate it but it's all going to be done for a proper bank
1: yeah it'll be done it'll be done properly because um before when i've done it for the GoFundMe thing mm. the amount comes up and you get all of the you know Knob uh, Edge United, get on board, oh. and there he's not done this, and he's done that. And then last time I did one, I someone this is this is quite upsetting. Someone donated a thousand pounds
0: because you were on your mission, weren't you? Yeah, as yeah. as they sabotaged it, were you yeah, out yeah. doing? I was doing. Bi- were you basically? Yeah,
1: You're, no, I was. I was walking, 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 walking. I was on the way to doing it for me for yeah. Darren to the woods. So we walked with um Big Dylan, Big Dylan, little dog Millie from Parliament Square all the way to to Rainbow Woods. Yeah. And we, we did get there. It took a week, I think, or something. Anyway, we got there. Someone on a deathbed said, I want to donate a thousand pound for, you know, Darren's, um, the cause, you know, what we were doing. And they all, the, this group attacked and they, they sort of wrote to GoFundMe or one of them. It's similar to the stuff, the, the trouble you had with it. or you know, I think just giving or GoFundMe and they put a hold on it. And what they did was they just sent all the money back to people, Mm. right? But this woman, in the meantime, had died. So that £1,000 went into probate and it was lost. And I just thought, why? Why would you do that? For what reason? And they sit there all happy with themselves, you know, and you're thinking, you know, we're out here speaking out against people that are raping children, destroying lives, committing suicide, and we get attacked So we must really look at these trolls that attack us for exposing child abuse and see their motive. There is no motive other than a malevolent one. These are very dark-hearted, twisted individuals. No matter what they claim, that they're doing it. I'm not the one that is exposing. You can't expose the truth anyway. It's an oxymoron. It don't happen. You can't expose the truth. You expose a lie, you know. And, and and you put light on darkness, it doesn't mm. work the other way down.
0: And they're very calculated as well, aren't they? It's like a, when they've got a campaign against you, they infiltrate your community, they pretend yep. to be your followers, yep. and they try and, like, just poison.
1: Well, well. the other day, I pull it out, Um, this is what one of It, it just come to me, I thought, oh, find out how old Alan Merritt is, got this bike, and I thought, oh, we, we can do this, and then... I spoke to Darren and, and he's in, you know, he's in a bad way. So i so I said, well, let's see if we can raise the money for you, Darren, and, and get, get your get this sorted. Um, so I did a podcast. I said, look, I've come up with a great idea. I did one of my brew with a view from the rooftop in central London. I said, look, this is the idea. You know, Darren needs this operation. The NHS, this is basically it. The NHS uh, have given him such an extended, protracted waiting time. It, it ain't good his body can't sustain that we need it sorted out this year let's raise the money let's get darren in on on the national health so for, okay good response yeah great to see you back john and all this stuff brilliant we're all behind you and bear in mind i've got i, I did have seventy five thousand followers on youtube if everyone even gave up like Darren to 20p we'd get the dosh you know it'll be sorted um a pound just on a one-off please send a pound in If you're my YouTube subscriber and then let's get this off via Patreon and let's, let's get this off to Darren. We'll still do the thing anyway, but to raise awareness. So about a week went by. Now I was, I'd given evidence with the government inquiry and their solicitors. So the solicitors that represent the survivors for this inquiry, they get contacted, right? And by Surrey police. Saying, um, John Wedger, um, knows that this man is live on air committing suicide, yes. i.e., Darren, and he's refusing to give the location. But we, we know he's in his house in Surrey. Now, Darren don't live in Surrey. And I thought, well, at what point did I ever say anything that it was an unambiguous, benevolent appeal for funding to get Darren an operation? And it was clear as that. Mm. So I thought, I've had enough of this. So I contact Surrey Police. So I get in touch with this um, constable in Surrey. And I said, this is the link. Watch it yourself. And you tell me what you think. So bless her, she did. And then I said, right. So who contacted you? Oh, they didn't leave their name. So I think, well, why are you taking it seriously anyway? Mm. I said, have you seen the video? Yes, I have. Okay. Tell me at what point I'm saying that Darren's committing suicide and I'm withholding location. Well, the person said, so there's obviously been dialogue. The person said they were in a hurry and they didn't see it all. So I said, well, if they were that concerned about Darren, why were they, why did they not watch it all? It literally was minutes. Yeah. You know, why did they then not give their name? And I said, surely this is malicious. This is one in a long line. And again, contacting the, the IXA solicitors to discredit me, another to embarrass me and discredit me a long line of people that have rung up the solicitor firm doing it. Clearly a load of nonsense and not leaving their name and then getting the police involved and this is what they do time and time. Mm. We had another incident which we can't go into because the police got involved in something. Again, Surrey police and Mm. someone else and this is what they do. They are so twisted and in doing this we protect ourselves because we're saying to the police we are not out to purposely intentionally commit crime. All we're here to do is to expose this evil underbelly society which is preying on children. That's all we're doing, and giving the voice to the voiceless. That is it. If you want to cooperate with us, please contact us. You, please, you, my, my email address is online. <clears throat> my phone number is online. Call me and I'll I'll talk to you don't do a warrant on me I'll turn up you can come around my house anytime you want I will always let you in I will always surrender a data storage device to you because I'm totally up front if you need to look in my phone my computer you can come anytime you want me to attend police station I will willingly come and talk to you because I have no intention of committing any crime but I have a problem with people who sexually abuse children I have a major problem with it and I will push the boundaries of the law as much as I can to do what I can to protect them. I'm not going to cross the line, but my toes will be on it to protect the children. Uh, you can't get any clearer than that, really, can Great no, you?
2: Know? It is a good message. And I'll just say the same with, you know, John going forward. The, you know, sorry, police or whatever police, they've got, new, you know, I'm not going to commit suicide. So if anybody does, again, try, you know, I, I'm in such a good place in my heart of where I want to be. And I know that there's hope you know, and th- there is a, a life to come once all this is done. So if anybody's trying to sabotage it by saying it, you know, John's watching me commit suicide is an absolute load of cobswallop, you know. And, and you know, John just stated his mission. And you would think that everybody in the world will be behind
0: you yeah. if you yeah. want to protect kids. Yeah. But once you start putting videos up about this
2: stuff, you get you go through hell. Yeah. You do, some The campaigns start. I mean, we lost
0: our channel twice over it. Yeah. Hacks. Trolls, black ops, you name it.
2: Is, you know, that's the thing. As sort of see with like myself and John going forward, we're going to do the ride, you know, with my, I've bought a, a van last year, a transit van in good conditions. We use that as a support.
1: What, Chuck a Mattress in the back? Uh, it's going to be minging by the end of it. Isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> because I, we'll I get
2: places to stay, but it'll be a support vehicle yeah. to pick up because food in there and drinks yeah. and spares for the bikes. Cause my partner Kelly, cause I, I can't do the rides. I haven't got the energy. So I'll just, I'll drive and my partner's going to do it in my place with John. Yeah. So oh, wow. she's going to ride with John. So we're, we're giving something back. Yeah. So, we, you know, cause people are say, well, he's not doing nothing. Well, I can, <laughs> you know, I can make sure they're fed. They're watered, that they're safe, that we report them with Sean daily, with live videos so we can link to everybody. You can charge the
1: phones up on the um, yeah, on the know, van as well because we're
2: gonna have to have camera, you know, equipment. But you know, this should be done proper. That once we got the monies raised, if we're that lucky, then we, we you know, we'll have it all done. That we'll film it going to a private, you know, doctor. That you know, the money goes across, so they can see with receipts. That you know, is not, nothing to be coming our way. And, you know. and
1: the other thing, Darren, there are going to be expenses. So diesel needs paying for oh, yeah. campsites or bed and breakfast, whatever. So And that's going to take a chunk because it's going to be a little groovers. So we got to allow for that. But no one is making money out of it. No way. This is expenses only. Uh, and some no of that way. might be cash expenses. So we're going to keep a book as much as we can. But at the end of the day, we don't need to disclose it. You, you don't. It's not a
2: problem. But these mm. people are just... They will find anything, anything. I, I just think it's basically, really, if you do put everything down to the penny, you yeah, yeah, can't go wrong then, Exactly. you got, you know, yeah. we've got nothing to hide on this. Yeah. It's so just what,
0: it. what they won't do. When you're announcing where people can meet you, Yeah, these evil people will not come and meet no, you. They won't. No, because no, they're no. in the shadows. Uh, they are all the yeah. time.
1: And they use false names. So, especially when you get the ritualistic stuff, they use false names. Their accounts are empty. You know, why use your false name? You know who I am. People know where I live. Mm. There's uh, what what am I hiding? Well, who are you? There's a, there, there's one guy, um and uh, again, I'm not going to do it, so I don't want to jeopardize this. But I'd like to name him, but I, I won't. Well, yeah, let's not. <laughs> no, let's not. I know, you know, for, <laughs> to get the video, for, you know, now, <laughs> now, <laughs> <right? Yeah. laughs> for maturity's sake. But he uses a pseudonym name, you know, and he never counteract the argument you know it never says no i don't do that i'm not part of this group that does these things i'm not i don't do blood rituals no no instead they're attacking attacking that they transcribe everything transcribe it they pull it online and they'll find any inconsistencies they'll highlight it um if there's anything they think is is contemptuous they will pull it before the attorney general and get you then you know, summons to a police station to, to receive a caution or a telling-off web. I've
0: had it. That's exactly what
2: exactly.
1: happens to me. And this is what we they do. You caution over my coverage. No, yeah. it's
2: wrong. Yeah. It's wrong. It shouldn't be the case because you're just helping people.
1: Yeah. And, and I say to, to the... Because to, the police will watch this. They do watch this. I have had the public order unit that have said, we watch your podcast, we look at your website. You know, please, you're picking low-hanging fruit dealing with us. Look at these people, you know deal with them, go and get them, but don't come for us because what are we doing? You know, we will work with you, not against you.
0: Yeah, because when I got my caution, what what had happened was a journalist who came on my podcast, she said the name of someone who was in a, a case that had a court order on it, oh. which is, a, you can't do that. I had no clue. Yeah. I had yeah. no clue. So when I went to the police station, the, the cop, he was a part of Child Protection and he said he you know, obviously me and him are on the same mission, he couldn't even understand why I was there. Do you get that? Yeah. You, you do get yeah. some
2: that are back you that, that don't Oh he was backing side. me, yeah. totally backing me. Yeah. Is your side all right there? Sorry? Is your side alright there? No, yeah, it's my hernias. It it? yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, they play up. I've done my tablets this morning. It's just it, when you sit down, that's all and Yeah. was... Always... Can I get you anything? Sorry? Can I get you anything? New body. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Can you get me a heart we'll transplant,
2: please? Yeah. The bionic man oh hopefully uh, i don't know you know of what's gonna happen once it's done i just want to live a life you know i just i I do i just want to be i just want to be happy that's all i want to do i just want to be happy you know it's like i said to you guys earlier and i said to you before sean that you know i went through so much like pain in my life and it's only you know i met cal and you know she she really did she helped me look in myself and she you know she really looks out for me You know, she really did. And she had my back and, you know, love her dearly for it. And she she understands my pain. And she lets me talk to her most nights about anything I've got on my head. And she says, come on, get it out. Let's let's go there. Let's get you to that place. Let's work it out, you know. And I I never had that. And that's why I just want to get this, you know, operation done and dusted. Then, you know, join you guys on the mission. I don't think
0: 25K is a lot because in America... To have what you you require will probably be about hundreds of thousands. Yeah,
2: because there's only a triple R bypass. Only. Yeah, <laughs> you know. And believe it or not as well, do you remember last time when I come to you both, I don't know if you'd noticed something different, I don't smoke. Oh,
1: um, yeah, that's right. I yeah. well, last well time I've stopped well smoking
2: done. as well. Have you? Yeah, just stopped. What, before you come in the flat? <laughs> 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 but no, be, you know, I literally New Year's Day because I knew I wanted my life. I knew I valued my life. Yes. And, you know, I don't drink. I don't drink at all. I'm not against drink, mm. and I don't do, you know, recreational drugs or nothing. I mean, if we would have gone to Tomorrowland, my, my drug would have been seeing the gigs, like the yeah. the sets, Just vibing that. with it's the a natural music. High. Yeah. Yeah. that is it. You know, when you got something like Luttrell or a Yoto or a Ben Boomer, and the lights are amazing oh. out there. At Tomorrowland, dude! Did you yeah. see Eric Pretty's in Mexico? No, not yet. Wow, it's brother, you've got to watch one. it, man. Oh, I, I will. you know, you've got to yeah. watch it. It will literally light your front room up. Really? <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> he's good.
4: Yeah.
5: Oh,
2: good. That's what I want to do, and that's why I want to get this done, and it's all thanks to this man here, you know, John, and again to my friend Sean oh, and, and my new friend Jen. But the thing is that... And Dan, James, <laughs> and Joe, Joe. <laughs> the good guys. No one gives them a mention. James and Joe. There, there, there's so many others out there. It, it, yeah. This don't have to. This
1: keep growing and growing and growing. And it, you know, and it, it, it does, John. Sorry, it yeah. does.
2: And you do. There's so many good people out there that do check in on Facebook and they go, you know, are you, are you okay? Are you all right? You know. And I think a lot of people think I'm being rude, and I just go, yeah, I'm okay, because I don't really, you know, wanna, I don't really. I'm not a big talker, believe it or not. And, you know, I just go, yeah, I'm all I'm, I'm all right. You know, I've got my battle. And, you know, I put a little bit on that. And again, as James has seen, you know, of how I've been. I've done a few lives in the hospital when I was in there. Didn't look great. You know, looked like death warmed up. but Look a
1: lot better now. Yeah. Because oh, wow. I've had a
2: shave and stuff, and, <laughs> you know. Generally, when I've not had a shave, I look like compu from Last of the Summer Wine, <laughs> you know. But I suppose now, when you look at it, it's a bit like looking at a young Brett Reynolds. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's it. <happy>. <laughs> that's where it was. I knew something. Standing yeah. like a young Chiseled. Chiseled. Oh, Chiseled. I knew you was dodging. Yeah,
4: yeah.
2: Uh, uh, <laughs> but yeah, going forward, we just want to get this right and, done,
1: and, make and, a memory, and 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 also, you know, big up all the other groups, the Beach Home groups, oh. Martin and. And all all the others that have always supported throughout, you know, Alan
2: Merritt and their campaigning. Who is it? Alan Alan Merritt, Sue, Sue and Jean, 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 the old yeah, lady. Yeah. Then you got the Blair twins. Yeah. Then you got um, You got Martin. Martin Harrington. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Harrington. Yeah. yeah. Then you go up again. You got a few, haven't you going
1: up? Yeah, it's quite a lot. Sandy, um, Sandy Smith from Quarriers, yeah. And they all right. sort of all, all all interlink, you know, and And back each other up. And they don't fight. There's no kicking. There's disputes here and there. But, you know, and some of these, you know, they're in the 70s. I mean, Jean is in her 80s. And she's still out campaigning tirelessly because of what she went through as a kid, you know. And can you imagine what it was like in the 50s in these homes? Post-war England, it was absolutely horrific what they went through. Did you you get
0: a chance to watch our podcast with Christopher Spry, who survived the UK's most evil mum? No.
3: Oh wow! Made me cry. Really? Yeah. He's
0: still? Well, not he just have to have something removed from his body recently.
3: Yeah, he's doing all right though. He's out of hospital. What right was he, now. he had to have
0: removed? Was it like glass or something in his?
3: They found a blade in his throat. A blade. Oh, my oh my god! Throat. A knife blade. She yeah. fed
0: him a blade. Oh, table kinds. legs. That's just a, all sorts. That's just a
3: little oh. bit of
2: What was he doing?
3: battling a lot of I stuff. Think he was out.
2: Yeah. Wasn't he out of Bristol way? Or something? So it was Chester. Cheltenham. Cheltenham, his yeah. sister Victoria committed yeah. suicide. She yes, did, yeah. she her wrote mom, the book. Yeah, yeah, Victoria Spry, but she yeah. changed her name to Victoria something. Hamilton. Mm. Mm. Yeah,
1: well, she she went away. Did she, the mum? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, she's out yeah. now. Right, roaming yeah. about. Yeah, well, and, and what what uh, you know? Well, every time she took them to the
0: hospital because the injuries she put on them. Yeah, she moved to different yeah, areas, yeah, yeah, different yeah, hospitals. Yeah. So it looked like isolated incidents, yeah, yeah. and she had these stories to back it all up.
1: Well, well, this this is what people need to understand about psychopathy: they, they cry, lie, and deny. Mm. You know, and we, we've just seen it. We've again, it was all about part. of My mission was changing the face of a p- everyone. Thought it was an overweight middle-aged man lives with his mum. You know, it was a bit odd. You know, um, but it was it was anything. You know, it was women. It was young blokes. It was you know every single age group. And we saw uh, the the latter end of last year two horrific murders of infants, both by women. We saw the little yeah, boy was it yeah. George or something. The little Paul. Are we allowed kids?
0: to say the names of these. Um,
1: dead. The kid's dead. Oh, the dead. Kid right. dead. And there's a prosecution. Okay. Um, and it, yeah, and it's been named in the papers mm-hmm. and everything else. So, and this was the the the, the feckless, weak-minded father. His new girlfriend tortured this poor little boy to death tortured him and he was a poor little kid that was crying out so no one loves me and they were feeding him salt his body was dehydrated and the other one was this poor little girl i can't remember her name and it was the lesbian lover of the mother who who was a door what door person and she, was, that, was that
0: one in the north yeah one? and she was giving
1: the kid yeah. right-handers leaning over the car and punching and the kid had bruises and was going to school unchallenged unchallenged and you think and again the social services listen to these people and i've been in these strategy meetings where they give them chance after chance and you look at all these referral reports because these police get these referral reports my god there's pages and pages and they still give them another chance and you think enough is enough now stop this and this is what all these changes need to be about it there needs to be a whole cleansing of all this and there is no way anyone with a modicum of intelligence or sensitivity would have ignored that yet they do they do all the time all the time i give an analogy right and i say to him if, if i you wanted you had a house you wanted an extension and i was a builder and or i knew a builder and i said right i'm going to get this built for you right and every phone call we've had you're going to charge 50 quid every text message on between us you're going to charge 75 quid right i'm going to charge you 450 pound an hour but bear in mind, once this extension's built, there's 80% chance it's going to fall down. I mean, who in their right mind would do it? But that is the mm. same analogy for the justice system. It, it, it fails to that degree from the bottom right the way through to the top. And, and people, please wake up to this because you're going to be picking the pieces up for the next three generations if you don't. You're living on estates where there's antisocial behaviour, there's robberies, there's stabbings, there's knife crime. Where does it come from? Where does it come from? It comes from damaged people. And why are they damaged? Because their parents, for whatever reason, allowed them to be harmed, failed to protect, whatever the reasons are. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to placate an adult. They can get stuffed. I don't care if I upset an adult. I really, honestly don't. I'm not here for that, right? I've been cast as a misogynist. I'm not interested. I'm here to put a message out, anti-child abuse. And if anyone has a problem with that, well, I hope society has a problem with you because you're wrong. You're wrong. And we've got to see these things as being a bit of the past now. And this is why it's so important that that survivors, ex-criminals, ex-coppers, why am I the only ex-copper? Why have we got two armed robbers, two to one here? (laughs) You know, if uh, you're three to one, whatever, many, many more. I'm the only one. Why? Where's all the others? Please come and stand by me and back me up here. You know I'm right. You know it's the truth. You know, I've gone through three cases civil cases in the police and one every single one i've given evidence at the the independent tribunal you know and that's been cited as has been five points been taken up now in statute law i'll yet to be proven wrong in anything i've said regarding this topic you know so why am i on my own
0: I think there is one of uh, what's a different, slightly different genre. Maggie Oliver,
1: yeah, Maggie. Of course, you know, yeah. um, and Maggie was the one that came to me to start with and said, "John, be careful." She backed me, and and really, she supported me from the very, very early days of me speaking out. And um she's gone her path, and I went my path. But you know, I'll always thank her for what we did, and she gave evidence, sold shoulder to shoulder with me in the government inquiry. You know. And there's another guy called Lenny Harper who exposed the care home, Hope De La Grande. Okay. And, you know, and do you know what? He's up that part of the world when we get to Glasgow. Yeah. Let's oh, invite him. And he still get, keeps in touch, you know. And and maybe, you know, if we go that way, Maggie can jump on board. She came on board with my walk to Manchester for the last bit. So yeah, there are there, but on the whole, you know, no, and it, it means a lot. We this is how you bring about change mm. by standing up, definitely. And, and they know what they've done,
2: Darren These people know what they've done. Yeah, I know they do, but they just don't want to admit, yeah. do they? But you know, you, they they sooner put us down. Yeah. but they hate this. Yeah, but do you know what, God loves it. There's nothing you wrong know? with this, and this is what There's we're going to carry wrong. on. We're, we're in a good surrounding, we're really yeah. good people. Yeah, you know, we're just you know, I'm trying to help myself by getting better, so we can help other people to go forth and. You know, that, that's what it's about. Because as I said to you earlier, life is too short. We yeah. can make change, but we can make it now with, you know, ex-criminal or, you know, ex-police officer. It makes yeah. no odds. It do not You know, we're all different. one. We're on the same journey, the same crusade. You know, what we really want to be in life and what we want to do is to help. Yeah, and I, I look know? at those tender years when, when they
1: did their best to try and take my children off of me. And what if I'd have lost one of my kids to the care system? What would their life be like now, you know?
0: One of the most heartbreaking parts of your story was when your son was in hospital, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. and you know. he was critical, wasn't he? Almost critical. Yeah. Well,
1: well, he died. He died. He was dead for ten minutes, and they revived him.
0: And guess what? The police yeah. did to John, yeah, because well, he went to the hospital well, to w- see what, son.
1: What happened was because I got threatened with the loss of my home, my job, and my children. Right? Mm, yeah. So, so my home—they didn't pay me for nearly three years. I was only because I was working on building sites, you know, and that I managed to keep the banks come round and to to do an assessment to take my house of me and that and the woman she'd been in a care home and she said john they ain't getting a penny you pay us a penny a month a pound a month and anyway that that got resolved i ended up having to pay it back but bless them you know so i can't knock them too too much um my job well there was nine cases against me i weren't going to lose my job i was going to lose my liberty you know they tried to do me for supplying heroin was one of them oh they said we, you're going to get 15 years and all sorts of cases i put threats to kill wow. um, a, a deputy assistant commissioner they said because I, I said if you take my kids off me i'm going to cut you ear to ear you take, of course. The next thing, threats to kill, all sorts of madness.
0: But you got charged for going the hospital, didn't you, to see your yeah, day? Yeah, well, well, what happened was do?
1: at the same time, my kid was in hospital. Terrible, horrific accident. His spinal column was snapped, ninety-five percent. Oh. It was basically hanging like that, and they pull it back. But then, intensive care. He got on one day, and they said, um, and I was, I was on my knees. I literally, I've been stripped bare of everything, Jeez. you know. And they said. I got home from this hospital. We Didn't even have the petrol. They said, "Please can can you come back." And I, you know, when you know that tone, I what what I said, what, what? Like they said we, no. I did family liaison. You, you you just like, please just come back. I went back, went into the ICU, and there was three, and it was miles away from my home. Specialist ICU, three consultants, and they said, "I'm sorry, but we've lost your son." I thought, "What happened?" And he went, "Well, he's his heart." stopped um he went into cardiac arrest we had for seven and a half minutes we've been full revival you know three three consultants on it we've had a whole team for seven and a half minutes it had gone two and a half minutes before that he's been 10 minutes now with no oxygen and um he's on full 100% life support um but we're we're going to be pulling the plug you know it'll be switched off in five days and they said if you want to contest it We'll put you in touch with our legal team. And I thought, well, they've done their best. And with me, I'm pragmatic. When enough is enough, I, I Mm. I know when I'm beat. You know what I mean? I'm like, you know, know, I'll shout, scream and cry all all I want. I've got plenty of time to do that. I have to deal with a situation. And probably that's being in the police for so many years. Dealt give that me that ability to, to shut off and carry on. And so they said, and this was also another turning point in my life as well. So I said, "Can I stay with him?" And they said, yeah. "Yeah." So I, at home, it was um, one of my boys had, had, had left. He was living with his girlfriend. It was my twenty-five year old, my fifteen year old. So I made sure they was okay, and I got in touch with my sister. She lived nearby to check on everything. And for three days, I held his hand. You know, and there was no change. It was it was awful, and it was a bit like. Do you remember that footage of, of Leah Betts when she was, her father put it out there, the ecstasy girl. Oh, the one from Essex? Yeah, the yeah. Essex girl. And her father puts out a video of all the pipes and all that. It's horrific. Wow. And it was the same as that. Yeah, all this. And no one should ever see their kid in that state. No. And I went into the chapel and I prayed. And I prayed hard, right? And this was, this, this was my, my journey becoming a Christian, you know, a real soldier for Christ on this one. And I prayed and I prayed. It was a multi-faith room. So there was Indonesian doctors that come in and have their little prayer and the Hindu doctors have the bit. And I just sat there and I opened the Bible and I read Psalm 23. It was like, Lord's my shepherd. And I'm reading it and I'm reading it. I kept reading it, reading it, reading it. And in the end, I turned around to God and said, do you know what? I've had enough of this. I said, all this pain for helping other people's children because they can't be bothered. I don't want to insult anyone out there, but I'm just saying it as it is. Because they can't be bothered. That they decide to hurt instead of to to help to heal. I said, Why am I picking up shattered pieces? You know, and I, and I said to him, If you can't give me my son, then don't expect me to ever ever go out there and help anyone else. I'm done. I lose this. This machine's shut down. It, it ain't happening. And I said, Give me my son, please. Just give me my son, God. Give me my son. And I went back and I sat and I held his hand. And it was like something out of a film. The next thing is this finger moved like that. Wow. And bear in mind, he had total paralysis from his eyes downwards.
4: Yeah.
1: And his eyes opened and I went, move your toe. And I thought, if he moves his toe, I know there's a connection. He's coming back. Yeah. Yeah. And he went like that. And I went, son, I love you so much. And he sort of tried to say, I love you back, but he had so many pipes in it. He's like, oh. And I said to nurse, (laughs) I said to nurse, right, I'm going home. And she went, what? What? I said, no, I'm going home. I've got to go home. Yeah. And what I'd done, I'd become a blood donor because I could park my car with a blood donor sticker in the blood donor's bay. Yeah, because I didn't even have the money to pay <laughs> yeah. for a parking, you know? So I, I drove home and I'm like, thank you, God. Thank you. I, I said, you've got me. And I said to him, I'll do whatever it takes to help kids. I promise you, I'll, I'll keep to my side of the bargain. And that's when I really started all this stuff. And I got home. When I got home, I thought I need a cup of tea. You know, I, I used to go in through the back door, you know? And again, I, used to, I said to the Met police, my back door don't open. If you ever you want to raid my house, just go in, I'll give you an invite. You know, the door's open to come in. Jeez. And and I see my son, he's working on his car and he sees two blokes talking to him. And I'm like, they look like old Bill. You know when, yeah, you know, you mean, know it, yeah. You know, they're detectives. And he's he's telling them, he's what well, I've done know John Wade, done what you're on about.
4: <laughs> <laughs> and, and good lad, loyal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and and I opened the door and said, Aaron, it's okay. It's okay. And they come in and they brief it and I said look we're from Hertfordshire police we've been sent by the Met Police you know you're under arrest for child neglect yeah wow and I went you what and I turned around and said listen wow. you you go near my son because he'd gone up the shops to buy some milk my boy for the tea and he'd come back and I said if you ever touch him it, honestly I'm going to bite you <laughs> I'll bite you I, I, whatever I've got you're getting it you've got to get more because you don't understand what you're dealing with here and I said, please j- hear me out. And the sergeant went, okay. And I told him, I said, look, and he went, and he had the log there, the, the printout log. He went, you've been stitched up. We've been lied to. We were told by the Met Police. This is why I'm happy to see Christopher go. I'm happy to see him go because my argument went right to the top. And, um and he said that we've been told that you had left a young boy for three days home alone. No one. No food, no nothing. And I said, well, it's not the truth. And he went, oh, okay. He de-arrested me. And he said, can we just do our checks? I said, yeah. So they check your fridge and they check the cupboard. There's food in there and yeah, they check yeah. that it's clean. Welfare and- check. Oh, the welfare check. You know, mm-hmm. the toilet's not blocked with crap and all this. So I said, do what you've got to do. And then just, can we interview you? I said, yes, of course. So he was scared. Anyway, they just, bless him. They spoke to him. And the guy I come past, he said, no one's going to touch me. And he shook my hand.
3: How old was your son at that point? Fifteen. Fifteen. Fifteen.
1: So all there's right. no age limit. He won't, you know. But this is this is the level of veracity and spite that they will implement at the very top to gain mm. your silence. But I say to people, these are bullies. These are bullies. Like Sean said about these trolls. That they, they mm. hide in the shadows. They lurk in the shadows. These are underbelly, bottom dwelling morons. You take this fight on, and this goes to all survivors. You take this fight on, you stand up because God is behind you. He's got his hand on you. You do stand on your own sometimes, but your bravery will bring many, many more forward. I promise you that. We cannot have this no more. This has to stop. We really need to speak out and shed light on this underbelly that is right in our society. Give them no quarter and you will win. You will not be proved wrong. And then after that, they all sort of backed away from me. You know, um, every case got dropped by the CPS. (laughs) <laughs> um, uh, you know, yeah. do you know what but I mean? It's what you have to go
2: through, though. Yeah, yeah, pain. Mm. You know,
1: all the pain they gave me, reinstate my money that they took off me, you know, and everything, and then they pension me off. Uh, but they will do anything to protect this what's going on because they know that they've screwed up and they know they protected the paedophiles. But
0: and that story as well shows that a lot of it comes from the top. There's a lot of good always. cops, isn't there? Yeah, but they're getting these bad orders from yeah. above.
1: And this is why I, I, I. I Take humbridge with these, they call them auditors, these, and I, I, am calling them out because I think they're wrong in what they're doing. They say they're exposing to police corruption. Sorry, Dan, you're, you're suffering a bit. Mate, yeah, that's all right. <laughs> and, um, they go up to police in the street, uniform cops and go, oh, you acting under your eye for oh, you this? And yeah. I'm thinking, if you worked in a shop, you know, that, that, that's doing, bad trading you don't attack the poor you know shop assistant you know you go for the top so it's wrong we don't have that low level corruption we have low level stupidity and incompetence but this country does have high level perversion and it does and there is I think there is always a trade-off when they get up there I think there always is otherwise you ain't going to see the game through You, you won't last unless something is traded and in this country it tends to be sexual perversion with children Big business for them, wasn't it? Big that's business.
2: That's all there is to it. And hence why we're coming across now to try and get myself, yeah. you know, back on track and out of pain. Yeah. To live a normal life, whatever that may and, be.
1: And can clearly yeah. see you're in discomfort there, yeah. you know. It's, um, it's just a bit
2: sore, that's all.
0: How, how can Darren reach you then? Uh, people reach you, Darren, support you. So
2: on uh, Facebook, because, you know, I've done a few things recently. I've got rid of my old name, so I've changed my name by Depot now. So um uh my real like my name now and uh deep hole is Hugh Hefner.
4: You're joking. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
2: Hollywood. I'm <impressed. laughs> no, um Doctor Love. Um, <laughs> Doctor Love. No uh Darren Webster, you know. It's just it was I, I wanna get rid of my old name, it was a, a lot of bad stuff to it, so Fresh start. Yeah, I needed yeah. it. You know, I got a new start, new life, new crack at life. It long lasts. I don't live in where I live in Bristol. And I live in a quiet part of the world, but we're trying to come near London. Mm. So, and on Facebook, I'm under Darren Webster, but the main one is to go through John.
1: Yeah, yeah, e- either or. I mean, um, they, they could John Wedger, J O N Wedger, W E D G E R, foundation at gmail.com if you want to get in touch and make a donation come Good to me John. and i'll pass it to darren and then darren can supply details of where that money goes if they want to make that yeah, you yes. know we that's we what we'll definitely gonna, be doing one won't we so, all the links yeah. will be in the description
2: box that's what we're going to do now that's why i've bought as i say all address so i can show the guys is i bought all me stuff Paperwork. so no we can say oh there was no there is yeah, this, yeah. everything there um so, you know, we're going to get a proper bank account for it, so the money goes in, and I want to do it all above board, which we're Everything. going to do it, yeah, yeah. every penny it be accounted for, and I want to do a, a, a video that when we meet the consultant, and we sign and pay, and they can say, right, that's where your money's gone, that's, you know, what we had to use for the, 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 the ride. And just say, for instance, there was, you know, if there was a couple of grand left, we just choose a charity and donate that to yeah, you. Yeah. I then. think
1: Anthony's got one, you cool. know,
2: then you, you know, if yeah. something comes up with a charity or a splitter between a couple of charities and you give him back again. And, um, you know, I, I like, and if I was, you know, and, and it all goes to plan and I do get a life and I can enjoy my life. Will. I will. I hope so. Then, you know, I'd like to do it for someone else. You know, if I could write it for someone else to help someone else with their calls. Because it's it's about giving back. It's something I never thought I'd do in my life, but I'm like really big on it now, and like helping people, you know. And that's that's the that's the beauty of giving, like a new lease of life, you know. Like I said, just but yeah, if you want to reach out through like Facebook and stuff, and you know, and I do it that way, but go through John and
1: I mean, we come up with an idea. I spoke to Darren, spoke to Anthony, was do it so we've got to finalize and put things together properly but if there are people that have got that bit of cash that they want to give a even a significant amount whatever it is you know we we can arrange it and then it can go from there but everything we've just in its infancy we're putting it together we've not even worked out the route and the bike i've got to strip it down rebuild it but it'll be done it'll be a work in progress you can follow us through um to the summer it's not that far away no. But, you know, like I say, if, if every subscriber gives a pound, we got it, we've done punch, it. 20 yeah. pence, 20 Will there
0: be some kind of page that shows the amount being raised?
1: Yeah, yeah I, we, 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 we can, but we, we, we've we got to be very careful with it because this is what, what happened, sorry, with the last thing, was that it, it become too much point of contention because we still have to do the accounting for, for the petrol, doing b- bits and pieces like that. Do you know what I mean? So... Yes, there will there will be an estimate of how much we're near the target. Definitely, do you know yeah. what I mean? As opposed to definitive
2: to the to the dot, this is it, only post event we can we can do that. I think yeah. it's going to be good to keep people informed that they can see where every penny is going because you will get some cranky that will have something to say and go oh that never happened you know i'd sooner do it all oh, on, on camera yeah,
1: yeah. you know because well you're gonna get it anyway they're, yeah. they're gonna well, come we know, we
2: know we're gonna
0: get it yeah. so because you know we darren do, what's the
2: risks of this operation of me having it so basically um because i've had you know meningitis and I, i'm a couple of years back i had a couple of brain tumors i got a big scar then the back of my head so Going through the operation, they say there's like an 80% chance that it could go wrong. 80%, yeah, 80% chance it could it's go it's gone, wrong? Yeah, because the bleeds go, could have gone too far.
3: Is that not... Yeah, it's, a bit scary.
2: scary. And is that fatal if it goes wrong? Well, yeah. If it goes wrong, I won't know nothing about it. I'll be under the general anesthetic, so it's just a matter I won't come wrong from. So, yeah. That's why, at the moment, they... Reluctant when I was in theatre before Christmas to take the ulcers in the and years out when I was under. He just stitched everything up because he didn't want to disturb the heart. He Mm. didn't want to take that chance. Jesus Christ. So this is like, it's a big thing. It's your life on the line. It is my life. I'm, I'm literally, if you
0: didn't have off this, this operation, is there a chance you're going to,
2: you're going to die? But I got between. Five, I think it was five and seven years, but he said, you're looking at the five and I'm two years in already now. So you've got three years left to live so unless it. you have this operation. Unless I have and this done. operation
0: is also a massive chance that you might die.
2: There's a, there's a very good chance because oh, nothing's Jesus. guaranteed. Whoa. Cause it's with the heart. Cause when you do a heart bypass, yeah. they've got to do the repair to the arteries and they put you on a bypass machine, which is, uh, what did he call it? Uh, when, when you're on a machine and they, they, I forget the name of the machine now. Um, so when you're under anaesthetic, they got to bypass your heart. So they got to yeah, put yeah. your heart machine, you go oh, on oh, a, your a heart machine, yeah, oh. oh. to pump your heart for you, sort of thing. Then when you come off it, they got to restart your heart, heart. that's it. Yeah. So there's a chance that if, if, if it's fragile, it if anything gives away with the new valves or archery, but again, you know, with the my view, because they got to see how bad the archery is, how bad it is bleeding. Before Christmas, back in last summer, it was mildly. It went slow. It was a mild leak into my stomach. And that was what got me ill because I had a collection of blood and it just turned to well, oh, It wouldn't come out And, and
0: how's um, this affecting you psychologically facing death like that?
2: It's hard. It's hard. When I look up, I wake up every morning and I see Cal go to work and I think, you know, <laughs> one day that may not happen. You know, you, you do. I, I face it every day. I look at myself in the mirror, and I really, really do. And I, I hate. I'm not a vain person. I, I hate looking at me because of what I've gone through. So, yeah, it's a big part of me. It still hates me for what they done to me. You know, I can't escape that. And um, but when I look in the mirror, I just think, you know, what's next? Am I going to? I do get scared going to bed at night. Do you? yeah, I really You're not do. Gonna wake up. I'm not going to wake up because I. Most nights I'm in pain, and I, I have to go downstairs and go on the sofa and push my back into the sofa because my body is spasm and it, it's, it's going into shock, sort of thing. And it's not fair on Kelly because you know, and I can't and I groan with the pain. You're, Want oh. to let
1: us get some sleep for work, yeah, because she has to drive yeah. at her
2: job, and you know, and it's—I don't think it's right. But I—I—I I, I cry. I cry every day on my own. I cry on my own. I ain't—I ain't, I ain't going to deny that. I ain't going to be, you know. I'm a man, I, I can say I cry, because I get scared. Because I've, I've had to fight for my life, for all my life, and now i got the biggest fight, because it's to do with my heart. But I'm only under pressure from my heart because of my life, because of what people have put me through as a child, and going you know, through adult life, and it's all pressure. But basically, your body wears down, and mind wears down. So yeah, one of my biggest fears is not waking up, if the operation not going to plan. When in November, I got put asleep to go and have it all um, cleaned up. I got upset because I didn't think I was going to wake up. And I was in, I was in a bad place because I, I had the operation. I went on a Monday. They operated because it started getting bad on the night time. They took me in a the theatre and he said, if you'd have come in Tuesday, you wouldn't have survived. I was a day in. I've, I've saved. But because I wasn't telling Kelly that I was bleeding, because I was scared, I didn't know what to do. I didn't know if I should tell her. Would it stop? You know, I don't, I'd never had it before. So I was, I was bleeding out and I was turning yellow and I, I've lost a lot. I mean, you can, my face from that, you know, don't look great, but I'm just trying to get on with it. That's why it's kind of crucial that I get this operation done. Cause with the NHS, they could, I, there's like a two year wait in this because there's so many, but I'm not even in the stages yet of seeing a consultant because they keep putting my, my view back. Which has been eight times now. They keep cancelling all the time. You know, it's either been COVID, the machines broke down, or a staff member has gone ill. And the last one was last week before last. They said they want to do blood tests before more blood tests. And they keep doing blood tests all the time and they get fed up with it. Actually, like a pin cushion, you know. And I just want to just want to get it done. Just want to get it done. I just want to try and live a life without having to worry, without having to be on tablets and sleeping stuff and antidepressants because it all—it's all psychology. It all plays on my head. Well, and your liver's got to clean all that as well, isn't it? Well, it's, yeah, yeah, you know, and it ain't gonna be good on your your system. And yeah. I just yeah, I worry because the percentage is high of not coming through it. You know, there's a good chance that I will get it done, but I—I I, I may not come through. It depends on your heart with the damage which is done. And that's what the my is called a myo view. That's what they look right into everything. They speed your heart up, they slow it down to see if it can cope. And if there's going to, if it does go to a point that my heart is in a bit of a, dis, you know, bad bit of distress and he can't do it, then, then I'll die. Because you will have to die a slow death. You know, there's nothing, nothing he could do, is there? Because they can't start something up, which ain't going to start. So. I'm really speechless. It's, no, it's just. <laughs> Life. That's what I've been through. I've had it all my life. Don't know any different. And I think the sad thing is I'm used to pain. To so I me, mean, if I want in pain, I think something was wrong. Cause so I've had pain all my life. You know, I've struggled with pain since coming out of the approved school. You know, I've went from my back passage and meningitis and loads of, you know, trying to kill myself and you deal with the mental pain of that. And, you know, um, then having brain tumors and stuff, you know that was, it was all come, it was all caused by trauma, but getting beat as a kid and stuff, you know, I mean, not having a great life, you know, and yeah, I never had a great life, anybody says, you know, it was, well, crap, that's why I'm in the mess I'm in now, with it, you know, and it ain't through drink, drugs, or smoking, there's none of that, it's to do with my lifestyle, with the way I was treated, It's it's my body, is that enough, it's basically saying to me, look bro, you know, we're about to give up on you mate, you know, I've made changes in my life, I I try and eat a healthy diet, I can't eat, you know, I don't drink alcohol, I'm not a drinker, you know, I don't smoke cigarettes, I don't do recreational drugs, I can't, they kill me, I can't do them, and I won't do them, you know, I just want to live, that's all I want to do is live, I just want to be given a chance to live, you know, I'd like to see if I could, like, you know, 53, 54, you know what I mean, because once you're gone, you remember for two weeks, you know, I've got, yeah. I've got a lot more to give. I don't want to be a headstone that pushes daisies. You know, I want to try and give something back. I want to try and help people if I can. Not, I'm not going to say I'm going to change the world because I'm not, you know, but I just want to let people know that if you, know, you want it, you know, if I can help you, I'll help you. I'll try my utmost best. You know, I just don't want people to go through what I go through. There's no point, you know, because if I'd have met a, a lad like me growing up when I was younger, it saved me a lot of hardship in my life. You know what I mean? It saved me a lot of trying to hang myself and take overdoses left, right and centre and, you know, trying to starve yourself and stuff. Because, you know, when you're in prison, you go on hunger strikes to die and stuff like that. You know, shouldn't have to do it, should you? You shouldn't have to wake up in the morning and think, right, I'm going to kill myself today. That's not what life's about. You should wake up and think, right, I'm going to go to work today. I'm going to go and do this. I'm going to go and put some back to society. Not wake up, look at your bathrobe and think, right, that toy on the bathrobe is going to go around my neck. You know? You didn't do it for a... And I wasn't a for help, So I didn't do it in places where people could find me. I was just unlucky that people found me.
4: Mm.
2: You know, I didn't realise it once. So I was trying to hang myself on a tree that was being watched by a couple. I made sure it was out of the way. They were walking a bleeding dog. I wish they'd have caught it, but I didn't realise they were watching me. I put a rope and I swung off the tree. The bloke caught me, oh, you know, and I was angry afterwards when I got released from hospital. I hated that person for catching me because he had no right to. Should have just let me swung and get out of this pain. You know, it's all right when you sat there with a psychiatrist and they go and come on, mate. Life ain't that bad, ain't it? Get inside this body and I'll show you what bad's about. Get inside there and see where that journey took me. Because believe you me, you don't want to look back and you don't want to go back. You know, you just, and that's what I used to get upset about. That's why I used to just think, right, that's it, I've had enough I'm Trying to get out of this shit now. Like, you know, I've had enough of this body. I've had enough of these nightmares. I've had enough of the breaking out and all sweats all the time. Can't sleep. It's not right. That ain't life, is it? You know, I should have been given a chance like everybody else. Yeah, I made mistakes. I can't take them back. And I'm sorry, I can't take them back. But I was in pain. I didn't mean to do the things I did. You know, just couldn't help it. Didn't know any other way. Couldn't read, couldn't write. Couldn't exactly go and get a job, could you? You know, couldn't fill out like I'd read an application. Mm. You know, McDonald's at one time went not hired me because I couldn't read. You know, I'd have been giving her food to the Aspen thinking it was something <laughs> like, them, you know. But it is, but, it, yeah, but I just try and make light of everything. I try and smile as best I can. You know, I try and be polite to people. and try and stop and talk to people you know, how you doing, you okay, you doing good, and it's nice, just, you know, sees people smile, you know, that's why I got my dog in, so I can go out for walks with the dog in, in the woods, and just escape, me and him, you know, it's lush, it's really, really nice, just want to be out of pain, Jen, just want to be out of pain, not a lot to ask, is it, mm. you know, people ain't got 20 pence, and I understand, it's fair enough, it's tough times, and if we don't meet it, we don't meet it, it's not the end of the world, I've lived my life, you know, I mean, I've lived mine, I've done mine, you know, just I am gone a little bit, little bit longer. Got it, <laughs> <You know? it? laughs> if I can get a yeah. chance, but if I can't, I can't. There's nothing you can do about it, can you? Your day's marked up for you and that's it. It'll be what will be. You know, like the thing I've left a bit of a legacy. But, you know, like to do it another year or two more yet, but who knows? <laughs> well, God willing, God willing. Yeah, yeah. but that's it.
0: Sorry. <laughs> no, supposed- that was powerful yeah. stuff. How am I supposed to close this interview
1: after hearing that? bloody? Everyone no, I'm, donate I'm 20p. Yeah, I'm sorry. Hold <laughs> on oh, <Yeah>. a
3: long
0: <laughs>
1: second. <Yeah>. sorry.
3: <laughs> <laughs> you won't do this then.
1: Can it have oh. some of your antidepressants <laughs> down? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well,
2: how many do you want? <laughs> Almost, um,
0: all right, so I'm going to finish right. this on a happy... Uh,
2: my brain is gone. How did you like... meet
3: the lovely Kelly?
2: <sighs> um, Through John.
3: Through John?
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah. watching me. I didn't realise we went down the life. I thought... We, there's like 10 people watching and it was a lot of 10,000, wasn't it? On the yeah, live. Yeah, yeah. 10, seven.
4: Yeah.
2: And I didn't realize I told my brain that it was only 10 people watching me. And she, um, when I put my phone on, she was the first person, first person to say that we believe in you. I had oh. someone believe me. How lovely. Someone believed in me. The first person. And, and,
1: to yeah. you know, the, the ironic thing when we did the, the walk. From from
3: water uh, yeah you? Yeah. Oh, awesome. When we so did the walk spark-ish. from
1: London to, to Bath to highlight Darren's campaign, the guy who walked with me, when we got to Bath, there was a little group turned up to support us. There's one girl that had helped throughout, Nancy, and the guy I'm working with, yeah. they got talking and they got married. They got oh, married, really they got married last year. Oh, look at stupid. Yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that's
2: so, what I'm, I'm doing yeah, this year. Exactly. I'm married this year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Congratulations. Only a little small thing, little yeah. tiny little wedding. But um, just the both of us, got Gretna Green. Oh, love it. they wow. cheap, 300 a pain. That's been Universal. We love as well. <laughs> yeah, she's the best man. <laughs> yeah, he's going to eat the ring. So rings <laughs> until he bumps them out. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah,
1: well, I'm romantic. <laughs> Sitting here somewhere. <laughs> 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 put a, 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 a green glove on. Yeah, you, you oh, Do okay. the glands while you're
2: there. <laughs> sausages.
4: <laughs> oh. Put that on your finger.
2: Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Brilliant. But yeah, well, I met her through um, John. Like John's weird <laughs> watching it and that was it and brilliant, you know, loved it. Just not looked back. You know, she like us say she believed in me. She helped me, you know, and I was in a bad way. And prior like two weeks before meeting her, I was trying to kill myself. So and I ain't done it ever since. Wow. So, only when she talks. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> I'm joking.
4: <laughs> well, thank you. Good okay. well, thank
2: yeah. you. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yeah, it's you. on a positive nice. note. Yeah, definitely. I think,
0: I think the final, um, to try and end it on Happy you note. Know, the final live stream that Darren's going to do is going to be from Tomorrowland. After, yes. his, after his operation
1: yeah. on his yeah. on his uh, honeymoon yes uh, sat in my wheelchair <laughs> 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 can you feel
4: it
2: <laughs> can you show me the love I'll give me your it's oh, uh, oh. <laughs> like water but on a machine you'll yeah. be yeah. in a bag oh. next to you it'll be me showing him bicep.
4: <laughs> <laughs> brilliant yeah
0: brilliant oh my god So yeah, to the, to the people watching like... this then I mean that just what you said at the end, Darren, that was some of the most powerful oh, testimony I've ever heard. Wow. Mm-hmm. Thank you. I, I just felt—I looked at John's face; there was tears in his yeah, eyes. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was just tearful. <laughs> I felt the energy just—the cha- energy just completely changed in the room. Yeah. And if the viewers have just felt that, what we've all just felt, you know, please let us know in the comments what you think about the video. Please reach out to Darren, give him your love and support, like he said, doing these podcasts it's cathartic telling his story but then for all the love to come for people to come into his life out of the blue people have been through these similar experiences to let him know how hearing Darren's testimony has affected them and it's it's prevented them from wanting to kill themselves
4: Amazing. you
0: heard John's story of what he went through with his activism and with his son in hospital on his deathbed and then all the links will be in the description box if you want to reach out to anyone in the room and and, and Jen's uh, down there as well, her Instagram, her her cotton company. Good old Jen. And um <laughs> nah, Yeah, I'm Thank still my, my head is still a bit
4: calm. <laughs> but you know <laughs> you know, dis-
1: despite all of that, it will still come in a comment. Darren works for MY5. Oh, yeah. oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Shields yeah. all shields together. <laughs> yeah.
3: So yeah, if you can afford twenty P
2: <laughs> just twenty P man that's all it is yeah So I'm asking not asking for pounds or doing not your bank account 20 pence we all did it around the UK and around the world we'd do it in no time 20 pence mm-hmm. you know that's all I'm asking not asking for pounds because I don't want pounds because I, I prefer if they kept that and fed their families I'd be happier with that one they yeah, could just can. chuck us 20 pence
1: but there are people out there that do have a lot of disposable income that will quite happily help and if they help then brilliant you know yeah
0: let's, okay. let's pivot these so we can have a group hug definitely
1: yay Oh. Wait. <sighs> uh, <sighs> that, uh, just, <laughs> oh, oh, great! No, well, fantastic! Well, fantastic! Well, well, you, well, that's such a well.
0: hug.
4: Yeah. Like, yeah, I absolutely. Like God bless you.
5: Here at Boomer and Jen, we offer a wide range of organic or recycled clothing. We all know our planet is important. We only have this one. So it's vital that we all work together to slow down and reverse the changes to the environment. Whilst we all know that big industry are having a significant effect on pollution, here at Boomer and Jen, we believe that if we all make small changes, we can do our part. Fast fashion causes detrimental effects to the planet. Not only is nearly 20% of global wastewater produced by the fast fashion industry, but there is a considerable amount of fast fashion ending up in landfill. So let's move away from fast fashion items that are only worn once or twice and start wearing extremely comfortable, durable and environmentally friendly clothing and ethical jewellery. Boomer and Jen was founded in a quiet town in Devon in 2018. It has now gone from strength to strength as the world is becoming more aware of the current climate situation, helping our customers to buy sustainable, quality clothing. All of our products are fair trade and registered with the Global Organic Textile Standard Association. Check us out on organic cotton clothing. .co.uk